Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. And away we go. How are you doing today? Michael Ball here along with our friend, Sean Kleisinger. How are you doing today, Sean? Fantastic day, Ballsy. Almost the weekend. Always a good day above ground. Done your Christmas shopping yet? Haven't even started yet. (laughs) I think I might save that for December 15th, the middle of the month paycheck. That's what I'm going to do. Okay. Last second. (laughs) Um, Hey, I never brought this up. Regina was picked like the fourth most livable city in Canada, which is cool. Nice to hang our hat on. Winnipeggers won't like this. They were picked third. And what have I always said about Winnipeg when they cut us down? Winnipeg's just a bigger Regina, and that's mm-hmm. what it is. And the stats bared out. Yep. I don't even know who did the poll, but it's nice to see Regina. Most livable city. Saskatoon, number 12. It's always good to beat Saskatoon, isn't it? Oh, yeah. The only thing Winnipeg has that Regina don't got is NHL hockey. It, yeah. it, 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 Outside of that, but we have the Regina Pats, and it's the most historic franchise. We got in the number hockey. one. We got the number one pick in the NHL. Yeah, right. Yeah. They couldn't even keep their. Yeah, team. they, they hey, can't hold our. I will, I will say this about Winnipeg, though they are a good sports town. Like you, when you think of all the sports oh, yeah. teams in Winnipeg, it's I don't want to make this. It's I don't want to make this about Winnipeg, but I, you know, we're just having fun. But hey, what do you like about Regina? We'd like to know nine three six sixty two sixty two. Maybe it's your favorite football team that plays here. Could be the Rams. Could be the Thunder. Could be the Riders. Could be your little RMF team. How about um, Libel Field's a great field, right? I love that about. Uh, Nostalgic. I actually, there's something about. Curry Field that I love. Mm-hmm. I know it's a dump, but it's our dump. Mm-hmm. So there's something about Curry Field I love. I think Regina has the best junior hockey rink in Canada. Well, at least in the Western Hockey League. I haven't been anywhere else. It is not. Listen, I know it's not without its issues in terms of like we'd like the you like the more room in the concourse and everything yeah, like but that. But the score clock above center ice is, is NHL. Like they spent millions. On there that isn't hockey. a bad seat in that place. No, it's great. there is not a bad seat at the Brand Center. And uh, we encourage you to get out and watch the Pats on Saturday. Teddy Bear Toss Night. Yeah, toss your teddies. Toss your teddies. The teddy bears. Yeah, teddies are other things. Yeah, you don't yeah. want to do that. We don't want any trouble there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, what's your favorite thing about Regina? It doesn't just have to be sports. Maybe it is Wascana Park, right? Mm-hmm. Largest bridge over the smallest body of water in North America, or is it the world? The the Albert Street Bridge. Yep. Um, I don't know. There's so many. RCMP Depot. Uh, Milky Way, for gosh sakes. Western Pizza. Mm-hmm. Right. How about just the sole fact that you can get anywhere in the city within 20 minutes? Good point. Ring Road is the greatest road ever created. Uh, I know we've got Perimeter Road now. I use that to take my stepson to school or to uh, the airport, pardon me, because he was going with his girlfriend, little uh, snowboarding trip, which, man, wouldn't it be nice to be young? Well, you are young, but me being my 20s. I don't feel young. Anyway, (laughs) this day took a bit out of both of us. We're not going to kid ourselves. But the Ring Road, except for that stupid train track on Winnipeg Street, 
Like on the Winnipeg Street? Yeah. Except that, for that one, it's a it's the best road. That's ever. a head scratcher. They have to find a way to get yeah. that on a bridge. The, 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 mayor, the mayor that gets that done will have a vote for the rest, all of eternity. If you could ever get that ring road, that train over, you will have a vote for the rest of time. I was late to a couple of Red Sox games because of that thing. But other than that, I go back to what you said, and you're right. If you left your, well, they're mostly, um, they're mostly um, digital tickets, so I can't really use that anymore. Suppose you're going to to Granny's in Calgary and you forgot her present on the kitchen table. Well, you get it to her the next time. You're not going to turn around and miss supper. But if you forgot Granny's present on the kitchen table in in um, let's say Wall Shakers, and you were going to Harbor Landing, you could turn yeah. around and or the only... Greens. Yeah, you know, man, the Greens yeah. is a f- strange place. Yeah. But you know what I mean. No you... offense, but yeah. the last time I was driving through the Greens, yeah. where I don't drive, last time I was in the passenger seat, yeah, that was a. Felt like I was in a different city. Yeah. Well, I live in White City. Out of respect, though, I like that how the city's growing and stuff. I live in White City, and the worst part for me is, and now my kids drive and everything, but like my daughter stays with her mom, and they live in the very northwest by Riffle, and I'm in White City, so it's like you're driving halfway across. That's my neck of the woods. I know. I'm an NOD guy, but hey, you got to go where you're where you can pay your rent, and she'll take you in, and that's what I'm doing with Crescinda (laughs) in White City. Anyway. Nine three six sixty two sixty two. You can call that number or text at one eight six six seven six seven zero six twenty. And you can text nine three six sixty two sixty two. It's our text line powered by the Capital Auto Group. We do want to give a shout out to the Canadian Brew House. You can get a dollar off uh, tankards, Bud tankards, um, and they've got the best flocking chicken wing deal in town. Go check them out at the Canadian Brew House. Hot Sports Cage shareholders, this is what you need to know. Still no announcement on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders head coaching um, official announcement from the Rough Riders. Now, Farhan Lalji reported yesterday that Corey Mace, and then Justin Dunk reported that Corey Mace would be the head coach. Do you have that audio? Which one? Of me. November 23rd. Man, I tried to find it. I spent over an okay. hour. Tra- I know and I know it's on record somewhere, Paul. I'm so sorry. I just okay. couldn't find it. Okay. You told me the 23rd. I went back and I almost listened to that full thing. I couldn't uh, Maybe find it. it was on the 22nd and I just tweeted it on the 23rd. Or maybe sorry, I tweeted man. it on the 23rd. Anyway, Michael Ball did predict that Corey Mace would be the head coach of your Saskatchewan Rough Well, if you have Twitter, it's easy. Just yeah. go. Just yeah. go. It's, yeah. it's in But here's it's the thing. This is where we're going with this. This is where we're going with this. I'm glad you brought that up. So... I tweeted on November the 23rd that everybody asks me who the Riders' next head coach is going to be. I said, it's Corey Mace. He'll bring Mark Mueller as offensive coordinator. And I wouldn't be shocked if Kent Majuri's his special teams coordinator. Great yeah. coach, holdover. He kind of treats Regina like a second home. He's a Floridian, but he likes it here. Yeah. So, um, but then I would go on to say, my sources are telling me that Buck Pierce has kind of taken the lead. And then I went on to say, yesterday, quote, rumor mill, Corey Mace is out of the running and Buck Pierce has a decision to make between the Winnipeg Blue Bombers or being the coach of the Riders. He did an interview with Ed Tate. Ed Tate, the former writer that works at the Bombers, basically said it comes down to more than money. He feels more comfortable in Winnipeg and he wants to stay there. He, he's comfortable. His family's comfortable. So, indeed, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. He 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 probably was 
going to be the rider's first choice. Now, nobody's told me that from the team, but I do believe it or not have sources in the league, okay? I saw this tweet, and it's worth addressing, okay? So, in the business that we are in, in radio, in TV, in social, in um, print, or journalists, or whatever. Not print anymore, but they do their stories online. I have respect for everybody because it's not an easy job. First of all, people in your own industry don't respect you and don't know what you do. Secondly, you got trolls that will critique everything you do. And it's not easy sometimes to ask the tough questions and do all that stuff. So regardless if I'm your competition or not, I do respect you. Like, respect what you do, okay? But Dave Naylor of TSN tweeted me or put me in this stupid Twitter change, a sewer pipe that's, uh, that is Twitter, and basically said, because I tweeted, predicted this a week, a week ago, you're welcome. And he said, once again, the lines between predicting and reporting are blurry. I'm going to take you on a little bit of a journey here, folks. Take us on a tour. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be like Don Hewitt for a second. Let me teach you a little bit about things. Reporting is different than being a talk show host. Facts are different than the rumor mill. Predictions are different than reporting. Dave Naylor has allegiance to nobody. I am the voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. There are things that I know that I could report before any of these people. But I don't. I sit on it for the most part because of my allegiance being the voice of the Rough Riders. It doesn't mean I don't call them out from time to time. I think in this chair, I've been the most critical of the Rough Riders of anybody that I could think of. Until, like, Jeff Courier and then me. And Jeff Courier only did a one-hour talk show once a week. I'm doing a three-hour show. And so as a talk show host, you have to talk about things. So I'm talking about what I'm hearing. It wasn't factual in terms of I'm absolutely reporting this. But if you dot the I's and cross the T's, it would seem to suggest that Buck Pierce was probably in the lead and decided that he was staying in Winnipeg. Corey Mace is still a great choice. I predicted that he was a great choice. And that he would be the best choice. And that he would be the choice. Yeah. But here's the thing. When a guy like Dave Naylor comes on here and starts poking at me, he would go on to say, Hey, Ballsy, ask Bo Levi Mitchell's real estate agent how it's going. I never said Bo Levi Mitchell bought a house in this town. I don't know where he gets it and other people get it. I said Bo Levi Mitchell was going to free agency. Did he not even say that on these airwaves? Yeah. And he told me that behind the scenes. And I've been working on some deals behind the scenes for Bo Levi Mitchell to come here. And he promised me he'd come to free agency. And I said, if he comes to free agency, he will be a Saskatchewan Rough Rider. Well, it was a family decision. I'll stop short of calling him the L word. And he ended up staying in Hamilton. So that wasn't me being wrong in a prediction. It was me saying what I thought would happen if it played out how it was said it was going to play out. So... There's that. But Dave Naylor, if you want to throw stones in glass houses, 
I have a laundry list of things that you have said that have not come true. Like, for instance, it would be about a 75% chance that the CFL and the XFL would merger. That if the CFL does not merger with the XFL, I don't like their future. Basically, they're going to go, you know what, up. Did that ever happen? Did anybody call him out on that? He asked for receipts. I don't need to do it. It's everywhere. People, people are like, oh, yeah, way to get him. Well, I'm not out to get him, but you don't throw a stone in a glass house. Okay? Number one. Number two, I believe he was part of the reporting chain that said Orlando Steinauer was leaving after the 2021 Grey Cup to go to the Washington Huskies. Where's Orlando Steinauer? Head coach of the Hamilton Tigers. Yeah, never even talked to the Washington Huskies. So my point is, don't be throwing stones in glass houses. I predicted Corey Mace is going to be the head coach. Tomorrow afternoon, later in the afternoon, he'll most likely be introduced as head coach of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And we're going to have him on the show. And we're going to have him on the show. So there you go. Last thing I'll have to say is, who cares who is supposed to be the coach, or who cares who could have been the coach. Corey Mace is our coach, the third Canadian coach in the CFL, which is awesome, number one. Number two, it's about winning and selling tickets, and that's all it should matter now, and that's all I'm talking about. Let's go get that great cup, baby. Let's go get the great cup. Corey Mace is our guy. Whoever's on our co- on the coaching staff is our guy. And I've heard he's a great leader, a man. Can't wait to talk to the dude. This is the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. The Kings of Saskatchewan Sports Talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Keep it going. Show's brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Let's switch gears here. A lot of time to talk football. Let's get to some hockey here. Let's get to the grassroots level. We have Benny Walchuk on our show, voice of, I think, two SJHL teams, the Yorkton Terriers and the Melville Millionaires. Talk about a conflict, man. Wow. Talk about a guy who's under pressure. I'm under pressure in my job. That guy, what a... I hope this next guest has police protection for this guy, depending what rink he's in. Kyle McIntyre, the SJHL commissioner. Are you protecting my buddy, Benny Walchuk? I hope you are. Benny Walchak, that new mustache that he's been sporting Ooh. for November will be protection enough for him, Ballsy. Isn't that a beauty? You got a you got a stash going, Kyle? No, I don't. Uh, you know what? I, I would grow a beard out, but it'd be pretty white, and people would confuse me for Santa Claus. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, given everything, what do you think of the um, the Riders' coaching hire? I know you're a Rider fan. You got the Rider uh, Grey Cup cart. What do you think of the Riders' uh, potential hire here? It hasn't been officially announced, but we think it's Corey Mace. Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm pretty excited about it. I I think he comes with a pretty good reputation, and the thing I like about him, Ballsy. He's not another one of these guys that's being recycled. You know, when you hear some of the names that were being thrown about, you you think about the CFL and this coaching cap, which is ridiculous. And you think, you know what, like, let's quit having the same old, same old. Let's bring in some new ideas and, and some new blood into the CFL. And so if Corey Mace is the guy, I'm excited for him. All right. So let's get to the SJHL halfway point. Anything surprising you right now, Kamish? Well, absolutely surprises me that we're almost halfway through the, <laughs> no season, kidding. the weekend. We're no kidding, yeah. And, you know what, we're, 
or beginning of uh, early December. Uh, I think probably the Melville Millionaires have probably been the biggest surprise for me. Uh, Doug Johnson and Jordy Woodrick have had uh, quite a turnaround there. I think that that has been a big surprise for me. And then uh, the flip side of that is LaRange with uh, some of the scoring power they have and, and some of the guys in the back end. I'm a little bit surprised that their record is what it is. But, you know, as we always see in the SJHL, we got two or three teams that are running away with it. And then from uh, probably about 5 to 12, it's a dogfight right to the end. Dude, the uh, Flin Flon Bombers, what they're doing up there, we've talked about this before. It's not ex- it's closer to Miami, Manitoba than it is Miami, Florida, if you know what I mean. It's not a real <laughs> it's not a real attractive destination maybe, and I'm not cutting Flin Flon down. I've been there, but you know what I mean. And to do what they what Mike Reagan and the gang's doing up there is 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 outstanding. Well, it is uh, probably one of the best junior hockey environments probably in Canada. Uh, mm-hmm. The Whitney Forum, when it is full, it is absolutely incredible. And Mike Reagan, undoubtedly, is one of the best coaches in the Canadian Junior Hockey League. And and why he's still there and how he's not with some Division One school or a Western Hockey League team, I do not know. Like he is, a, he's a great coach. He runs a great program, and and right now they're a wagon for sure. So. Uh, I like how you're hip too with the wagons. I like that. Where? Okay, wait a minute here. Can you help me out with that? Because I'm just an old fuddy duddy here. What? Is, what is? What does it mean when you say they're a wagon? Like, why not a truck? Why not a? Well, you know what I mean? Well, you got to keep the wagons moving roughly west, right? So they're they're a team to be reckoned with. I love it, they're man. A wagon. I love it. Okay, a lot of weapons. Yeah. Talk about the recent SJHL showcase for me, Kyle McIntyre. Yeah, so we had that in Warman from November 13th to 16th. And the idea about that, Ballsy, is that we bring all the teams to a central location that's easily accessed uh, by scouts. It's it's close to the Saskatoon airport. And, and certainly, uh, you know, at uh, regular season, it's a little bit later this year than we've had in the past. So rosters are set and, and teams are set and the competitive balance is right there. And, and we had a pretty good turnout. We probably had... Uh, between the NHL uh, scouts and the NCAA Division One and Three and ECAC, probably about uh, 75 scouts, which is great. So we have a number of prospects that are trying to showcase their talents, uh, not only for these scouts for future opportunities, but for lots of fans from the Warman area and, of course, all their parents because, again, it's close to a, a big airport. They don't have to travel all through the province. So we had really good attendance over our three days. Hey, uh, Kyle McIntyre, how riveting are these CJHL commissioners' meetings? Well, you know what, uh, Balsy, whenever you get together and you have a meeting or you have a strategic retreat, you you don't go with super high expectations. Mm -hmm. But this, in my two years, was our most productive meeting we've ever had as a group of nine commissioners. So uh, CJHL, just for uh, listeners, it goes from coast to coast. There's 122 teams in the CJHL nine different leagues, nine commissioners. And really it was kind of one of the first times that we've all been aligned uh, with what our future directions are and, and some of the strategic partnerships we want to build. Everyone's on the same page and everyone's working for the betterment of kids. And, and we really think that we do a great job developing the whole player, both on and off the ice. And that's something we want to continue to do as a united group of commissioners. I love when you took over specifically, you said we want to highlight Saskatchewan kids in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League and really, uh, you know, make sure we attract the most, uh, as many Saskatchewan kids as we can. I love your, your, your players of the week and you have a Saskatchewan player of the week. I like that touch. Yeah, you know, that's really important because, again, uh, I, I think that uh, 
the best kept secret is everything that the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League does for its players and does for kids. And, and you don't have to go to Alberta or BC or Manitoba to be noticed in Saskatchewan. You just got to be a good teammate and work hard and do your job and, and maybe put some points up or block some shots or play a 200 foot game. And there's lots of opportunities here for Saskatchewan kids. You don't have to go abroad. You don't have to go to the States. All you got to do is, is play your good game and work hard and be coachable and be a good teammate. And people are going to find you in Saskatchewan. So tell us so about... We really want to celebrate those kids. Yeah, for sure, man. I love it. Tell us about the upcoming SJHL Friday night game of the month beginning December the 15th. Yeah, so this is something uh, the SJHL and SaskTel... Can I say SaskTel on your network? Sure you can. Yeah, yeah, sure you can. You just gave them a plug. I don't care. <laughs> We've whatever. been in a partnership for yeah. about five years, and uh, they've always uh, done a great job on SaskTel Max and on demand of, of uh, showcasing our, our league final. And so this year, rather than having them at the showcase, we thought we'd bring back the old uh, Friday night game of the month uh, for the SJHL. And our first game is going to be uh, December 15th. Uh, Kindersley is going to be hosting North Battleford. And that's going to be live on demand and with SaskTel Max. And we're quite excited about it because the people that come to our games regularly know it's a great game and they follow their team. But there's lots of people in Saskatchewan that might not live near an SJHL community or, or might not have seen an SJHL game. And, and uh, although I'm the commissioner, so I'll recognize that I'm biased, but I think people, if they tune in, they're going to see a real quality game and they're going to see some real, real fine Saskatchewan talent. Like uh, Kindersley, one of the teams, is probably the only team in SJHL history with three sets of Saskatchewan brothers on the roster. So that's kind of unique, too. Tell you what, man, this is why I like this guy. You know, commissioners, they speak commissioner speak, and they don't really seem invested in their product. Like, if you asked them about the uh, the the left tackle on a team, they wouldn't know, or the the shorts, the, the backup shortstop of a baseball team. This guy would, and he knows things like that. That's why I love him. Kyle McIntyre, Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. Thanks for your time, man. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for your interest, Balsy. And uh, if I don't talk to you before Christmas, you have a great Christmas. You too. Ah, well, we got a few weeks. Yeah, we'll probably talk again. But yeah, I thank thank you. I appreciate that. I, I'll always take Christmas greetings one or two times over. Take care, my friend. Have a good weekend. Okay. You too, pal. Bye bye. Right. That's Kyle McIntyre joining us in the Western Pizza Hotline Show. Is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Text us at nine three six sixty two sixty two. Regina is the fourth most livable city in Canada. Why do you like Regina? For the sports venues, for the pizza, for the people, for the park, for the hill towers. Well, it feels like you're in a downtown. You go to Saskatoon, it's not a downtown. You go to Regina, it's a downtown. Thanks for listening to us all around town on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Sports ticker at 333 and former Chicago Blackhawk Corey Perry. He has... Released a statement this afternoon, and I will read it in quote. This is from Corey Perry. I would like to sincerely apologize to the entire Chicago Blackhawks organization, including ownership, management, coaches, trainers, employees, and my teammates. I would also like to apologize to my fans and my family. I am embarrassed, and I have let you all down. As a result of my actions, there has been speculation and rumors. I am sickened by the impact this has had on others, and I want to make it clear that in no way did this situation involve any of my teammates or their families. Most importantly, I want to directly apologize to those who have been affected, and I am sorry for the additional impact to others it has created. My behavior was inappropriate 
And wrong. I have started working with experts in mental health and substance abuse fields to discuss my struggles with alcohol, and I will take whatever steps necessary to ensure this never happens again. I hope to regain the trust and respect of everyone who has believed in me throughout my career. Once again, I am deeply sorry. That's from Corey Perry. It's time to pump you up. Get the latest in fitness and lifestyle tips with one of Canada's top fitness trainers, Tish Duffy. This is Train with Tish on the Sports Cage. Like talking to our next guest. Like following her on all her social media platforms. Train with Tish. That's where you find her. Tish Duffy. Now, when I look at you, Tish, and watch you, I'm not going to lie to you. I get depressed, but I also get inspired. I'm depressed because I'm like, why don't I look that good? But then I'm inspired because I'm like, you're in my age bracket right around uh, half a century, and uh, you're looking real good. So congratulations on that. So you're 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 depressing but inspiring to me at the same time. Okay, it's kind of a compliment. I hope you take it like that. You. Yeah. Hey, so let's talk about, here's a key. Um, when people have back problems, and one thing I've always been good at was looking at my midsection, my, whether I'm blessed with great, um, great uh, genetics in terms of, uh, you know, uh, burning off the fat or whatever. I've been able to, to keep a solid core. But I don't think people realize that. Your, 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 your stomach muscles are so important. Yes. Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean that if you don't see them, you don't have them. In fact, it doesn't mean that at all. Um, core muscles are very, very important. We definitely should be strengthening them, making sure that they are, they're the structural muscles. They're the muscles that will keep us upright and prevent us from humping over as we age. It will, of course, you just talked about back. It keeps your lower back strong. They're, they're so, so, so important. So I think we train them because we want to see them, but really we should be focusing on maintaining that strong base of support ongoing so we, we literally have proper posture. We can, and actually just by standing with your shoulders back, I always say like if you're just to zip up your zipper, that small engagement actually will make a huge difference in keeping, in keeping those muscles strong. That's a, I like that. That's the Cole Snows version of uh, doing abs. I like that. That's great. Can you give us yeah. quickly a couple of, uh, you know, uh, beginner or just you know regular ab uh exercises people can do yeah so uh the the first most important key ingredient is obviously if you want to have a flat stomach and maybe possibly see those abs genetics definitely plays a role so you were certainly right there um and nutrition um obviously 80 percent nutrition is going to be contributing to a flat stomach and seeing visible abs um and then the exercises that i would recommend i think people might be surprised you know that the sit-ups and the leg drops and those sorts of things, knee tucks are great, but um, I would actually uh, always recommend more functional type of movements. So standing with a really, really heavy dumbbell or kettlebell in your hand and then just lifting your step. So you're standing, you've got only one butt dumbbell in one hand and you're literally just lifting one leg and then lifting the other leg. Mm. And just that simple movement creates a ton of core work. So you're not going to feel the, the burn like you would, say, a plank, for example. And planks are great. I would always, obviously recommend holding a plank and then adding some type of movement in that plank. So planks are great, but if you can hold a plank for longer than 30 seconds, add some movement. Bring a knee in, drop the hip down, um, go up on your hands and then back down on your elbows. Those sorts of things will then will fatigue those core muscles a lot quicker. 
so your ab workout isn't 35, 45 minutes each time. Uh, other things that I would really recommend is grabbing something like a kettlebell that's heavy. You don't want to just go through the motion, something that's going to be challenging enough. Standing again, you always want to do things standing. We want to make sure the body is going to be functional, upright. That is the key. So we can do those sit-ups. We can do reverse crunches. I'm not saying to not do those, but functional core is always going to be much better. So standing with your feet shoulder-width apart, bending your knees, tucking your pelvis so your lower back is supported, and then take something heavy around your head and motion it like a, like a, almost like a circle, like a halo over your head, one direction for 10 times. And then 10 times, and then making sure you're doing it in front of the mirror so your body is staying straight. That actually creates way more in, intensity for your core, but also functionally your body's working for you. So as you get older, you have to think a little bit more about this. Tish, they can find you on all your social media platforms, uh, uh, Train with Tish, and uh, she gives you some examples, uh, you know, visually. Here she did it verbally, there she does it visually. Thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. <laughs> My pleasure, Michael. Have a great day. Yeah, you too. That is Tish Duffy, our health and lifestyle expert. Now bringing you three hours of the hottest sports talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Just before we get to Glenn Suter, you're uh, heading out early here to go be, you know, the outstanding voice of the Rams. you got to go and hand out uh, the Most Valuable Player Award tonight, right? Yeah, that's a that's an honor. I was, an really, honor. I was really pumped up when I was asked to do that. Yeah, the award ceremony is going down tonight at the Conexus Art Center. I believe it starts at 6 or 7. I probably should figure Don't that out. Don't miss handing out the award. <laughs> no, no. I, I think the, the cocktails, whatever... It yeah. starts at 6, and then the award ceremonies at 7 o'clock. But, yeah, I, I am handing out the Most Valuable Player Award this year. Yeah. So, uh, and they, I also got a nice little envelope here. For you know too, you know, so. you know, you know, who it is. You just can't say. I do know who it is, you but just I just say. can't say. You just can't say. There's, there, you know, they didn't have the best feel, uh, season on the on the board yeah. in terms of record, but they had some really good pl- – like, there's some really good players on that football A lot team. of good players, and it's a lot of holes missing next year for the Regina Rams. But with that, a lot of new opportunity for the young guys. But I'm no doubt going to miss a lot of those players. One of the great Canadian players that ever played in Saskatchewan and the CFL and one of the great Canadian broadcasters of all time joins us next. Every time Saskatchewan gets in second round, they've been bringing Glenn Suter up on the outside. Sometimes they blitz him, sometimes they don't. But when he's blitzed, he's had success. And it's picked up by Suter. He runs it out. Time for press coverage as former writer greats and veteran CFL football broadcaster Glenn Suter shares his unique and passionate perspective about the league we love with Rider Nation. Brought to you by Quality Tire with nine locations in Saskatchewan. Check them out at qualitytire.ca. Here in Regina, Randy and the gang up there in North Regina. Go check them out. I was in there about a week and a half ago. Nailing my tire, they're like, no problem, Ballsy, you plug us a lot, go ahead. But, uh, you know, just go see them, they, they treat you right. All right, uh, you know, uh, Glenn Suter, glad, glad to talk to you at least twice a, a week, and we're very happy to be uh, friends and, and uh, you know, advocates of Canadian football. You know what I like about our friend here, Sean Kleisinger, is he treats, he treats university football like he is calling the uh, fourth quarter of a great cup game. Like he is, oh, he's not just saying that. He is thrilled to be a U Sports football broadcaster. He loves it. He was so tickled pink. And we need more people like that to treat it like it is something special. Doing it for the right reasons, which is just straight passion for the game. 
straight passion for the Canadians playing in the game and our and our version of it. And I, I'm I'm happy for Sean. And hey, I know he's still there. So good luck with the awards. That's that's Thanks, always Glenn. fun to to, pre- to present and to really celebrate. You know, to me, those awards aren't just about a good season. Those awards, to me, are about the work that goes into the good season. And when you have those kids come up stage or all the nominees, or, you know, you talk about the entire team, for that matter, it's all the time and work and self-doubt that they had to fight off and the training of their minds to be more disciplined and a better football player, a better teammate. All of those sacrifices that have to be made to get to that point, that's what these awards celebrate to me as those young athletes getting it done. Glenn, I don't think we can even express in words what it what it means to be a student athlete. I think it's even changed from, and I'm not diminishing what you did, but it changed. it's changed so much from even when you played, um, even 10 years ago, just the training, what's expected of these kids, and then they've got school. Like, like it's a full-time job. They're working a full-time job, being a football player, looking after their bodies, and, and, going, to, uh, and going to school. And, and you know, I, uh, I get a little inside look, and I don't want to, I don't like to, I don't like to make it about my son because then you hear, well, you're always talking about your son. But I have a bird's eye view as a dad, and I go watch these American games. And I have no disrespect to the American games. They, they, they have unbelievable athletes, probably more depth on their roster than the U Sports roster. Like Everybody that plays there was the best player on their team, okay? But when I sit there and watch, I'm like, our game is just better. It's just better. If your kid isn't on the field... It's boring, and I can't say that about you sports. Like, if, if your kid's not on the field, it's an exciting game, and that's not meaning I like football of all uh, colors and shapes, okay? Like, I like it all, from the little guys right up. But our game, we just need to drill down on just how great and exciting this game is. 57-3, and three. we can't say it enough. Motion, kicking rule. The kicking game is unbelievable. And down there, you're running 60-yard sprints and then going to the sidelines not touching anybody. Here, you have to run the ball, you have to break down and give yards for the halo, and somebody's got to make a tackle. Like, it is crazy. Yeah, yeah, no, we've talked many times about just how great it is. And, you know, when my son was down in, uh, as we're talking about our kids, but when my son was down in in Nashville, I'd go to Titans games, and I I sort of I went early on while he was there in his first year and second year down at Belmont University, and and then I um, I just sort of I went I went to the tailgates after a while because I felt the same way as as much as I love football and I and I could sit in the stands and watch a DB and spend a whole quarter. Well, it'd be half a quarter because he's only on half the time. But watch a corner or a free safety, and that's good for me. But if you're just watching in in house the NFL or American Rules, it really drags on sometimes. I mean, there's great games, don't get me wrong, but it really, really drags on. And and there's some great athletes. I've said it many times. I think the tight end is one of the best athletes on the planet. Period. And um, and and that's unique to the NFL, but our game also gives opportunities to a guy who's five foot six and can fly on kickoff returns or punt returns. And uh, their game is they don't have much use for any of any of those guys. So, um, you know, there's comparables along the way. But I'm with you on on liking both and and finding 
reasons to watch both, um, but uh, I will always go to the wall and argue that just for pure drama, excitement, edgier seat, entertainment, CFL is the best on the planet. Well, and I, I do, the reason I brought this up before we go to break is Regina was announced as the host site for the 2025 Vanier Cup, the heartland of football, and I think we all need to get behind it. Uh, no matter if you're listening in Regina or Saskatoon or where in between or wherever, this is the first time it's been here since 2006 when it was held in Saskatoon. First time in Western Canada since 2011. And we really need to get behind it and just uh, support Canadiana at its grassroots. Love it. And, you know, that's that's a good point. What Do we have the dates for the Vanier? We already do, right? It's yeah, the week after Grey Cup week, again. week after Grey Cup, so it won't be... We're, we are going to be all over. Like, we're planning to broadcast the game. We're going to be... First time it's been done on radio. Like, we do everything big time here, and that's what we're getting on board. Like, we're going to be all over this better, thing. And I, I, better, I better book my flight. I'd like you here, too. Yeah, I'd like you part of our coverage, actually, to be honest with you. I really would, because I think as the uh, high priestess of, uh, or the high priest of being the uh, football guy here in Canada, you should be here for sure. You should make sure you're here. You could stay at my house. I'll even, I'll even feed you Western pizza, okay? How does that sound? Love it. Okay. Love it. Hey, we're, we're talking. We're going to take a break and talk about officially the Riders' next head coach. It's come out. It's Corey Mace. You're listening to the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the mighty 620 CKRM. Well, as predicted on this show exactly one week ago, and then I put it on Twitter, Corey Mace is the head coach of your Saskatchewan Rough Riders, 48th head coach in team history. I think whether we whether fans wanted him or not, uh, they are behind him 100%. I hope they are at least. Uh, you know, some people with, you know... They wanted Buck Pierce, so maybe their narrative was Corey, Corey Mace, some of the fans that have texted in. It's underwhelming. But, Glenn, I say, this guy's won three great cups. He was with, all due respect to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, the Calgary Stampeders, since Huffnagel's been in the league, have been basically the equivalent of the New England Patriots, if we want to uh, draw an NFL comparison. Like, they have been in it, around it, uh, till recently, and they still found a way to get into the playoffs with a less-than-stellar record this year. So... Corey Mace won a great cup there as a player, won on the D-line, and then won the great cup here with Toronto and was the defensive coordinator for a 16-2 Argos team, where, by the way, the defense didn't cost them the game. Your thoughts on Corey Mace being hired as the Riders' next head coach? Well, first of all, congratulations on being ahead of the curve on uh, the news and, and narrowing it down well before anyone narrowed it down. Uh, to the two guys, um, you know, and, you know, good choices either way, in my opinion. You know, I, I look at it this way. We, we have seen experienced coaches succeed and fail. We have seen inexperienced coaches succeed and fail at when they get promoted. Okay, so it, there's only two tracks to go here, and both have had success stories and both have had, you know, problems, issues. You think of Devon Claybrooks, who got a chance to be the head coach of the BC Lions. First time he got a shot, successful coordinator through the Calgary thing, and that didn't work. However, you could go to the other side with Jason Moss, who was a head coach and didn't do well in Edmonton, and then learned from it, and in his second try, 
wins a championship this year. So you, you, you see examples of all of it. I, I look at it this way. When, when a guy goes in, if, if you're saying that you absolutely have to have an experienced head coach, you're basically saying as a fan, I want a guy who's been hired in this position before. What you, you're missing, or the other way you could say it, I guess, is you're also bringing in a guy who's been fired before. So yeah, if you look at it that if you you know if you look at it that way, it's not about really the resume. The resume gets you the interview. We've talked about this last week, but the resume gets you the interview. Then once you're in the interview, that's where you can convince the organization that you're the right choice. And and this is what Corey Mace has done. Listen, he's he knows the Canadian game. He will lean into the ratio the right way. And everything that I'm reading about just how he approaches the game, how he deals with the players. It's a different world now than back in the old days where you just had to tell them and you did what the coach said no matter what. Now you have to give them the why. You have to be, you know, much more transparent and open. It's not my way or the highway anymore in coaches in the football world. So, you know, everything I've read about Corey, and I, and I know him, you know, as a broadcaster coach, in a couple of conversations, but, um, you know, Canadian who understands the, the importance of the ratio and how to lean into it and develop those Canadian players, but also uh, a very successful uh, background in two organizations and everything I read about him, it's character, integrity. Um, and, and when he talks to guys, it's upfront, truthful, can be trusted. You know, when you start throwing those names around or those words around and you start seeing those in every single article about him when they talk to former players and things like that, uh, you know, clearly, clearly he made that uh, abundantly clear in his interview. And Jeremy O'Day and Craig Reynolds said, yeah, like this guy. Let's go with him. And you never know now. It's exciting for Ryder Nation. There are free agents galore out there, guys that went to war with him, so to speak, although... I don't really like using that term war. I don't. It's it's a game, but you know what I mean. They went to they 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 yeah. put it on the line for him. Guys like Winton McManus, guys like Darius Pickett, guys like Sean Oakman. There are some guys that played for him. That who knows? Maybe maybe they come west. It's uh, and they come from a great culture. So um, I'm I'm really excited about this. But here's here's something I wanted to drill down on. Uh, Mike O'Shea came out and he was he's pretty upset with it too. And when Mike O'Shea yeah. speaks, he's kind of replaced Wally Buono as the guy. Um, I find this coaching cap really short-sighted. And whether it would have been Corey Mace or Buck Pierce, okay? Scott Milanovic has a history of being a head coach, so that wouldn't have been as much of a factor. But let's just stick with Corey Mace now. Corey Mace, if he is the OC, or pardon me, the uh, head coach and the DC, we don't know that yet, but if he is, that's a lot to put on a, a man's plate you know what I'm saying? In the pressure cooker, that's Saskatchewan. But you almost got to look at it that way because of the, the stupid coaching cap. It's ridiculous. Like, invest in your product. It's embarrassing that a Division One NCAA football team in North Dakota has more, more coaches than a professional team. Well, I, you know, I don't want to get into comparisons about what happens down there because their budgets are... <laughs> still, though. Still, though. Come on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, on another on another planet. But let, let me let me you know I I in in the overall you know ten thousand foot view, I completely agree with you that 
here's what needs to happen. There had to be a, um, uh, an adjustment. Let's put it that way. When, when Chris Jones got mm-hmm. to Saskatchewan and had all those coaches and the, the trend in what was being paid out of budgets for coaching staffs and training staffs and scouts and things was going right through the roof. There had to be a correction there, but it didn't have to be a lockdown. And, you know, the, I, I would say this, this administration in the league office has made a couple of mistakes. The global thing, just I don't see the benefit from the global thing. I still don't see it. I don't see the benefit from a complete lockdown on this coach's uh, cap. It's actually detrimental. These are things that should be adjusted. And, and what I, when I say that, not to just open it up so that one team that may have had a big, like the Bombers have had two or three very profitable years. And this, they mm-hmm. haven't announced their financials this year, but it'll be another big one. Mm-hmm. And when you think about the extra money they might have to sp- or, or have there to spend, you don't want to have imbalance in competition. But what I would say is put together a five-year plan right now that increases the coach's cap every year with a realistic percentage that the league can handle or teams and franchises can handle and not put their you know yep. budgets out of whack. And, and th- those are common sense things. You know, like this is – uh, I, I believe in the stoic philosophy. Let's use a little more common sense in some of these things, and don't be so absolute when it comes to, well, we've got to stop it right now and put a complete cap on it, no more spending for coaches. Like, come on. Common sense isn't very common. That's the funny thing about it. <laughs> <laughs> Suits, thanks for your time, man. Have your, and that goes for a lot of things, believe me, a lot of things. Anyway, have yourself a great weekend, okay? Yeah, and good luck to Sean, and uh, yeah, have a great weekend, guys. Thank you, Glenn. Have a good day. Take care, man. Yeah, you make. Hey, Suter, is he there, yeah. Glenn? You make sure. Listen, you 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 scratch together that sweet sweet TSN money, and you make sure you're on a flight here, and you're at the Vanier Cup because we're gonna do shows there, and you're gonna be a part of. It. I want you a part of it. Do you hear me? I'm in. I'm good. in. Good. Count me in. Love it. Love it. Glenn, gotta have Glenn Suter there. Zig. Yeah, let's go. Let's get Suter going. It's like the three amigos. Me, <laughs> you, and Suits. This is the sports cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. 620 CKRM is proud to be the official radio partner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports talk anywhere. This is the sports cage with your host, Michael Ball. Coming to you live at the corner of 12th and Rose in downtown Regina. We appreciate you listening wherever you're listening, however you're listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. Do want to give you uh, notice that the show is brought to you by our friends at the Canadian Brew House. Get the best flock and wing chicken special in town with 69 cent wings all day, every day, uh, all day, every Wednesday and Sunday, pardon me, with a feature wing flavor of the month every month. Let's get to this. Sports Cage shareholders, this is what you need to know. NHL full slate tonight. There's only three games last night. The Habs were in action. Le Habiton beat the pan, uh, beat the um, Columbus Blue Jackets. We'll hear from Hockey Hall of Famer and their assistant coach, Mark Recchi, who used to play for the Habs, too, as a matter of fact. So Mark's been all over it. He's with the Blue Jackets. I'm going to ask him about Cole Sillinger, who got hurt yesterday, as a matter of fact. Yeah. So, uh, Recchi was on my very first favorite Habs team in like the late nice. 90s, early 2000s. Him, well, and, uh, him and Vincent Damfus. Number eight, right? Yep. It was the 18. Yep. Eight. 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 
So anyway, the Habs are home to the Panthers. Sharks at Bruins. Red Wings hosting the Blackhawks. Pens at Lightning. Devils at Flyers. Kraken at Maple Leafs. Islanders visit the Hurricanes. Oilers are at the Jets. That could be a juicy one. Well, it's juicy because I'm an Oilers fan. Wild at Preds. Sabres at Blues. Coyotes entertaining the Avalanche. Stars at the Calgary Flames. Golden Knights coming off two losses in Alberta at Vancouver. That's a juicy one, actually. And I won't stay up late enough to watch it. And Capitals at the Ducks. There's one game in the SJHL circuit. Humboldt is in LaRange. If you missed our conversation earlier, you can catch it in podcast form uh, with the commissioner. Kyle McIntyre of the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. Always like talking to that guy. Our Pats are back in action tomorrow. Back back to the Western Hockey League for a minute, keeping it local. Uh, Pats are in Brandon. We'll have Tanner Howe on the show tomorrow as he tees up Teddy Bear Toss Night, which is Saturday against the Swift Current Broncos. He has scored the last two Teddy Bear Toss game, uh, goals. That's right. There we go for the Teddy Bear Toss hat trick. Teddy yeah. Bear Toss hat trick. Back to the NHL. Noah Hannafin closed on a deal with the Calgary Flames, an extension worth $7.5 million average annual salary. Tonight we've got Thursday Night Football. Try to keep Al Michaels awake with Kirk Herbstreet. <laughs> Uh, he's a goat, but he sounds tired. Should be a good game, I think. Yeah. Cowboys and the Seahawks. Is that in Dallas? It's in Dallas. Yeah. Dallas always beats up on the average to below average teams. Cheering for the Cowboys just yeah. because. Better, for, better your pack- for my Packers. Better for your Packers. Cardinals released three-time Pro Bowl tight end. Yeah, Ertz. Ertz. Zach Ertz, former Philadelphia Eagle. So Trey McBride's going to replace him as he's ascending. Like anything, out with the old, in with the new. That's what happens. And Corey Perry spoke for the first time today ever since uh, yeah. all that going on. It's, a, it's mental and health and and, uh, and alcohol abuse. And he did say it has nothing to do with his teammates or anything like that. Yep. Teammates or families, but he apologizes to... Uh, to everybody involved. Uh, this is interesting. I got to talk about this. So in the NFL, we let Deshaun Watson get $237 million guaranteed. He uh, he allegedly messes around with, what, 24, 25 masseuses? I, I, I lost track. Massage therapists. He's, he's paid the money, so obviously where there's smoke, there's fire, right? So we let him stay in the league. But Tyreek Hill scores a touchdown in week six against Carolina. Takes the cameraman's cell phone because cell phone, he got credentials on the sidelines. Uses it as a prop. Does a backflip, takes a photo or whatever, or films it. And the cameraman is banned for the rest of this season and maybe for good. It stands for No Fun League. And what a joke that league is. What a joke. That is just so ticky-tack. What's what's wrong with that? Okay, Zinger, no. give us a straight goods tonight. Awards night, Rams, awards night, U of R Rams. Who's the MVP? You're giving out the award. You got the gift certificate and everything. Who is it, Zinger? I can't Tell see. us. I cannot say on these airwaves, Ballsy. Tell us. You see this right here? This yeah. has a nice gift in it. By the way, I uh, this has nothing to do with that. I love Wag. Wag is a great... I talked to Braden Wag. What a great guy. He is one of many great individuals on that Regina Rams team. He was an eight-year Regina Ram. Eight-year Regina Ram. Eight yeah. years! Yeah. He played with my friend Jens Johnson. I know. Jens coach is the O'Neill Titans. Yeah. I saw Jens the other day. He coached my nephew, Carson Brooks, who cleaned up at the awards. Nice. Night. Did you talk to him? Uh, no, I didn't. Oh. I didn't think I was it. Well, Braden Wag was Jens Johnson's uh, Christmas caroling partner. You know how they oh, yeah. you know how they do that every yeah, single yeah, year. The yeah, Rams, yeah. It, it, 
Wag was in his freshman year at the time. Okay, let's be partners. Right yeah. now. Okay, let's think. Let's think. Let's, let's, let's silent All night. Right, ready? Silent night. Holy night. I like your deep baritones. You sound like you're going the Oak Ridge Boys. Mm-hmm. Can you do this? Do this. Do this one for me. Do this one for me. Do the Oak Ridge Boys. Do up a mow mow giddy up a whoop. Papa Papa Mama. I love it. Time now for the Cage Clutch Performer on 620 CKRM. Here's Pascal Siakam into the front court, into the painted area, spinning around, and he rattles it in. Here's OG. Able to stay with it after stumbling. Pascal, the three, it's good. He shoots it at a better rate at home, Jack. Gotti, drive and kick. Up fake on a Koji. Pascal does a tremendous job. The Raptors' Pascal Siakam had 22 points and 9 boards as Toronto bounced Phoenix 112-105 in NBA action. And for his efforts, Pascal Siakam is our clutch performer for Nick Service in Emerald Park. Your local Massey Ferguson challenger, Rogator, Gator, Gleaner, and Fent dealer. Give him a call, 781-1077. Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Michael Hodges to Recky. Recky in, waits the wrist shot. He scores! Mark Recky, the triple overtime magic. And the Fires have even this series at two games apiece. That is getting it done. Mark Recky. Thursday show is brought to you by our friends at uh, Canadian Brew House. They've got uh, lots of great specials on tap, uh, chicken wings, and the whole nine yards. Go check them out. All right, we're joined by Hockey Hall of Famer, three-time Stanley Cup champ, and member of the Columbus Blue Jackets is an assistant coach, Mark Recchi. How are you today, Mark? I'm doing great, thanks. How about you? Good, man. Thanks for having uh, or taking time out of your schedule to uh, come on with me. Can you talk about, uh, let's start immediately here, let's talk about that 4-2 loss to the Montreal Canadiens yesterday. Yeah, it was it was a tough one. I mean, it, it could have gone either way. We It wasn't our best game. Uh, we'd actually been playing pretty well leading up to that, and uh, we were a little inconsistent, and, you know, they found a way to win, and we found a way to lose, and it was just uh, one of those nights where we just, uh, you know, didn't uh, do the things we needed necessary to win a hockey game, and, you know, it's a work in progress, and, and we're pushing hard on it. Mark, you've uh, you know you've had quite a, an accomplished hockey career, and you're building one now as a coach. You've been there at the highest of highs, and probably been through a few slumps on your own too. I look at two guys on your roster: Johnny uh, Hockey, Johnny Goudreau, and Patrick Line. How as a player can you get back on track to the game you're familiar playing, and how can you help them as a coach? Well, it's just as a coach, you just got to try and help them work through it, and know that there's. If they stick with the program and they stick with doing the things that have made them successful and, and you know, work habits and all the little detail things that you've been doing for, you know, a long time, if you do that, you're going to have, you're, you're going to find your game again. And that's, you know, that's the message to them. And, and then obviously they got to do the work, uh, on and off the ice. And, and, you know, it's up to them to, to figure out, uh, you know, get the proper rest, the proper training, just a combination of everything. And, you know, they're pros. They'll figure it out. And, and uh, you know, they've had some good moments and some moments where, you know, they know they got to be better. And, you know, but that's that's part of it. It's a long grind. It's an 82-game schedule. And, 
you know, they just got to figure out how to get that consistency and, and uh, you know, helping the team on a, a nightly basis. Hey, I don't think you're old, so don't take this the wrong way, but do you feel old when you're coaching Cole Sillinger, who is Mike Sillinger's kid, and you would have played against Mike? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I do. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's pretty crazy. I mean, Cole, Cole's a great young man. Uh, you know, he, it's unfortunate he got hurt the other, uh, last night, actually, mm-hmm. so... Uh, we're going to miss him. He's actually been—he's really taken a huge step. He's been playing really well for us the last little stretch here, and um, had some good chemistry with Flonkoff and uh, um, uh, uh, Chinikov. So he, you know they had some good chemistry, and it, it, you know it, it's too bad. Yeah, well, I was going to say, what did you—you know—you said he—you said he was taking a, a big step before this injury, unfortunately, last night. What was he doing right in his game? Because he had a kind of a tough stretch last year, where you know he was his first year great, last year dropped off, and this year, like you said, he's starting to take a big stride again. What did you see in his game? Well, it's just the overall consistency. Like the two, you know, two hundred foot game was it was terrific. I mean, uh, you know, I know last year he had the concussion, I believe, early, mm-hmm. and he just never really rebounded from him. So, you know, he came to camp in good uh, good form, and you know, I think the biggest thing you know we talked to him about was his him just being like a real good two hundred foot player, and then the offense will eventually come uh, in his game. And I think it's important he focused on just. You know, all the, the details of being a terrific 200-foot centerman and everything else will just kind of fall into place. And it was really coming together uh, for him. Um, you know, any, any young guy, they go through ups and downs, but he was really, really, really playing well. And, and uh, he, he's a big part of uh, our penalty kill here. And uh, he's done a terrific job with it. And he's just been, you know, just a young player that's just continued to grow and grow. And uh, he is a pro. He, he, you know, you can tell he. You know, he, he, you know, obviously his dad, you know, he grew up around the game. He's a true pro. He knows how to prepare and, and, uh, you know, he comes to training camp ready to go. Mark, what do you appreciate now more about, uh, the, the, the world of coaching that you didn't maybe as a player? Well, it's, you know, I mean, I think I always knew they worked longer hours, but mm-hmm. I didn't know how much longer hours mm-hmm. they worked. Um, it's, you know, it's long days, it's early mornings, uh, you know, we finished a game last night, and we're back at you know we're back in the in the building at seven in the morning, uh, getting ready for the game. We get home at you know eleven, eleven thirty, twelve o'clock. You know, try and get some sleep, and you're back at it seven in the morning, trying to prepare for the next day. And, you know, get video ready for the players if if we if needed. Get you know pregame prep ready for the next game, and you know, going over what we need to. So it's a, just a lot of details that you really got to. You know, you really didn't. As a player, you just don't really know the, you know, the details of what coaches go through every day. This is the great Mark Recchi, assistant coach for the Columbus Blue Jackets Hockey Hall of Famer and Stanley Cup champ three times over. Thanks for taking time out of your schedule. Got a couple more questions for you. What are you most proud of as a player when you played? Is there one thing or one accomplishment? Um, no, I just just I was just proud of that I actually played the NHL. I mean, I. You know, you never know growing up, and you know, I thought I could I could play, but to to play as long as I did, and and to have the opportunities that I did was uh, was pretty incredible. But you know, just Mike, I just you know a lot of the friendships, uh, mm-hmm. you know the, the the memories and everything. Those are the things you never forget. So mm-hmm. hey, do you you know they're special? And, you yeah. Know, when you when you have great teammates, and you know you're still friends with them, and. You know, throughout uh, you know, all my number of teams, I had a lot of them, so it's uh, pretty special. So let me ask you this question, Mark Recky. Do you, you talk about memories? Do you have a favorite goal 
a favorite goal of yours? Um, God, I have a lot, but probably, um, probably one of my favorite ones was the first Stanley Cup we won. It was actually in the semifinals against the Bruins. Um, I scored the game winning goal to to get us to the Stanley Cup uh, finals. Um, you know, I was young and my second year in the league, and you know, you're you know, you score a big goal like that to get the team to the Stanley Cup final. That was a pretty special one at that time. How about this one? You're the oldest guy to score a Stanley Cup finals goal at 43. Longevity and still having a, the the ability to put the puck in the net at the age of 43 when you're with the Boston Bruins. You know, what was that like? Well, yeah, it was pretty neat. I mean, obviously, and uh, you know, to be even playing at that age, it was it was pretty special. And and, uh, and then to be in the Stanley Cup Finals and and get an opportunity to help the team, you know, be successful was uh, you know just very special. I mean, it was uh, you know it was just one of those things where I was in the right spot at the right time, and you know, mm. just barely got a little stick on it. So okay, so I'm, I'm I guess I'm asking you, Mark, to be a coach here. Okay, give. Give young Mark Recchi some advice from this wiser Mark Recchi. <laughs> um, well, the one thing the one thing I talk to about these young guys now is that you know, like when you, you know, it's a long year and, and you're not going to feel great all the time. And you know, this the nights you don't feel good, the night you don't learn how to still be effective and learn how to be help the team be successful and, and it's not about the individual at that time it's about how to help the team and that's that's one thing I would really you know tell a young guy I mean I, I learned it as I got older but uh, you know I, I share that with the young guys a lot right now it's like you know uh, if you don't have it you got to find a way to help the team and that you know that could be being physical it could be being great defensively if you're not if you're an offensive guy blocking shots it could be all those things so those are the things I would uh, tell a young guy so, I, I think tell them. <laughs> I think this is last question. I think like you think about all the players that ever played and never got a chance to hoist the Stanley Cup trophy. You did it three times, so there's very few people that get to to do that. Even fewer that go into the Hockey Hall of Fame. What's it like to to write a speech? Like how long does that t- take you? Uh, what are you thinking about? And then what are your nerves like when you're doing it? Oh, it, it took me a long time. I mean, I had, I had so many different speeches and so many different things, and it's so hard because you have so many people to thank, and you only have so much time. And it's like, uh, you know, it was it was a long, long process from the time Lanny McDonald <laughs> called me uh, you know, to the time I actually had to speak it, and then I still didn't feel prepared when I got up there. And, uh, and you know, it's just it was nerve wracking, and you know, I not a big guy to speak in front of uh, people in general as it is so it, to get up there was uh, you know it was uh, there was a lot of nerves that's for sure Mark I want to thank you for taking time out of your schedule uh, you know you had a long day yesterday and today but we do appreciate it that's what makes uh, you know hockey players great and even uh, guys the coaches like this in this great game you take time out for the fans so thank you very much Mark Recchi My, I appreciate it no problem anytime Great talking with another Hockey Hall of Famer, man. We've got Chris Chelios on, Jeremy Roenick this week, Matt Barnaby, and that guy, Mark Recchi. You tell me we don't get hockey guys on? Lots of hockey chatter, and it's that time of year where we turn the calendar over a bit. No, a a bit. We got to officially talk about our head coach. 
tomorrow. Corey Mace is the head coach officially, the 48th uh, head coach in Saskatchewan Rough Riders history. He's in transit to Saskatchewan. He'll meet with reporters tomorrow around, uh, I think it's 10 a.m. or something like that. And then he's got a, a meeting with fans, too, between 2 and 3 on Saturday. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Corey Mace out and about. He, he's going to be a great hire. Can't wait to work with Corey Mace and his staff. And I'm hoping, from what I was hearing, although the way people talk about me, it's, dun, dun, you suck! Dun, uh, dun, you suck! Dun, uh, dun. <laughs> anyway, um, how about the uh, I Mi- hope it's Mark Mueller as the OC is what it's How about say. the Michael and Mace show? That has a nice yeah. ring to it. The Michael That's and right. Mace. Yeah. Michael and Mace show on 620 CKRM. Hmm. Hmm. No, but I do have a no, but I do have something in the works. Actually, I was talking with a certain individual. Can we share that? No, we can't share right now. But uh, we are going to have an exclusive show during football season right here that you do not want to miss. We will take a break and be back with more of the sports cage in a moment for the Canadian Brewhouse on six twenty CKRM. Sports ticker for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They will. Treat you right. All you have to do is give them a call at 781-2090. Thursday night football tonight. Who's ready? Seattle Seahawks, 6-5 and five in the Lone Star State in Arlington, Texas, to take on the Dallas Cowboys at 8-3. and three. Kickoff for that one at 7-15. The Sports Cage is your voice for football. Not only in the province, but around Canada. This is the Sports Cage CFL Report. A look at what's happening in our three-down game. Well, the big news story around here as it relates to the Canadian Football League, we have a 48th coach. In terms of head coach in Rough Rider history, Corey Mace, who won a great cup with the Argos as a player, won a great cup with the Argos as a D-line coach, won a great cup, sorry, won a great cup with the Stamps as a D, as a player, as a D-line coach, and with the Argos here last year, great cup 109, and was on the defensive side of the ball as their D.C. when they rattled off a record-tying 16-2 and record versus the rest of the CFL, and they lost, of course, the East Final to Montreal. He will be in town. He's on his way to town, and the 37-year-old will meet with the media 10 a.m., and uh, he's got a, a an event, season ticket holder event, tomorrow, on Saturday. So he's in full effect here. He's the guy. Apparently, according to Justin Dunk of Three Down Nation, one of the things he told Jeremy O'Day was, last things, I want this bleeping job. So in the end, he is the... Zinger, by the way, who is the guy, who is the first guy to predict it? I just, I, I, I was trying to jog in my memory. I was looking on Twitter and everything and... Going through our audio archives, who's the first guy that predicted it? Uh, MB. Yeah, that's his name. That's it. My Michael Ball. That's right. Michael Ball predicted it. So I'm, you don't get too many of these. So I'll pat myself on the back. That was good. You want the sports information and you want to know it? You don't go anywhere else. Come right here. Don't believe all the pretenders. That's the CFL report. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Talk a little baseball, and I, I am going to say, uh, we do it, we did it on Wednesdays all year, and we usually, if it's not Wednesday, we get them on Thursday, but <laughs> once again, a short-sighted decision in our industry 
costs Ben Wagner his job. Ben Wagner, one of the top five radio men in all of baseball. Was he mid thirties, upper thirties? Bounced around the uh, minor leagues. I hope he finds himself a spot behind a microphone and actually gets to go home and away. Dude actually sat in a room like this and watched it on TV on the road. And you would have known the difference. And he never complained about it. Didn't want to talk about it on the air. Love me some Ben Wagner. He he grinded in the minor leagues. And basically when he was first hired, he was promised to have like a long-term uh, color guy beside him never did ne- never did every single year it was somebody different and i can't tell you how hard it is to work with revolving color people to get because the one thing about a show whether it's a radio show or whether you're doing the games chemistry that's one thing i like about working with luke molitor not only has he become a really good friend well he's been a friend for a while but we got chemistry mm-hmm. we can talk to each other like brothers we could fight like you and i yeah. Um, you know, we've had this uh, talented individual on our airwaves, and I was leading up with we usually get Ben Wagner. It's not like it's a it's a downgrade, just that we're nor- normally having Ben Wagner. We got Caitlin McGrath from The Athletic who covers the Toronto Blue Jays. Welcome to the show, Caitlin. We appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. Awesome. So let's talk about the Shohei Otani sweepstakes. The uh, Blue Jays have been rumored to be in the mix. What do you, what do you make of that? Yeah, I mean, the Blue Jays have... Um, really kind of legitimized themselves as a free agent destination over the last few years. Obviously, you could go back to um, Hyunjin Ryu, uh, you know, four years ago at this point. Uh, when he signed, that was a bit of um, uh, a big move for Toronto at the time. Then every year since, it's basically been, you know, they've been after some of the top guys. They've acquired some of the top guys. George Springer a couple of years ago, $150 million, uh, Tim Gosman. Um, again, a couple of years ago. So, you know, the Toronto has definitely established themselves as a team that can go after guys and, and get them. And it's helped that they have um, become a more competitive club and they put a lot of money into being a competitive club. They've put a lot of money into kind of building their um, resources out in terms of, um, you know, player facilities, um, things that play that can benefit players. So they've done a lot of things which they can kind of control um, to kind of lure guys here. And it's worked to some extent. I think Shohei Otani is a, a sort of a completely different equation. He's just so unique in, in what he offers. And, um, you know, the, the amount of money that he's going to be paid is like almost hard to comprehend. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm not surprised to hear Toronto's interested because they have been quite serious about, you know, bringing the best players to the city and they really have some urgency here in terms of wanting to maximize um, their potential, I guess, in this winning window they're in right now. So if you can't get Otani, and I I think that's just, you know, they're trying to um, engage their fan base after a disappointing end of the season, but a good plan B would be Juan Soto. Hearing a lot about Juan Soto, what are you hearing about maybe the Jays trying to get some sort of trade working with the Padres to get Juan Soto and who's a free agent after this season? Yeah, I mean, I think that Juan Soto would be a great fit for the Blue Jays. He plays a position that they kind of need right now. He plays corner outfield. That's something that they're sort of looking for just given the departures that they had um, after the season with free agents and whatnot. So, I think just on paper, like the fit is really good. Uh, hits on the left side, one of the best, uh, you know, approaches in the game, just one of the best hitters in the game. He's only 25, which is crazy because he's been playing for a while. Um, he just came up so young that you kind of forget that he's still only 25, which is crazy. Um, and 
you know, I think the Blue Jays uh, are very willing to um, trade for someone that's only a year away from free agency. Maybe that wasn't true in the past, but again, they're in a point of time right now where they are, you know, at their best. They have Vlad and they have Bo um, still in their controllable years. They want to maximize this now down to two-year window. It's crazy because you remember when Bo and Vlad first came up and it looked like, wow, there's like, you know, five, six years ahead of this team to make the most of it. And sure, they've made it to the postseason and they've had great teams, uh, obviously not been able to get over the hump in terms of, you know, winning a postseason game, advancing in the postseason. So I think even though Soto is going to cost a lot um, and it's only for one year, well, you know, you just need one year of a really good team and go all the way, right? Look at the Texas Rangers. They were able to do it. So mm-hmm. um, I think he would be a great fit. Uh, and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the Blue Jays stay in the mix with him, too, if they obviously don't get Otani. Caitlin McGrath joining us for a couple more minutes from the Athletic covering the Toronto Blue Jays. So, we're, you know, we also heard kind of rumors that teams have been inquiring about Bo Bichette or Vladdy Guerrero. What do you think of their future in Toronto? Yeah, I mean, it's it's um, tough to say. I mean, in terms of inquiries from other teams, I mean, that's not surprising in terms of, you know, it's just that time of year where teams are going to be calling other teams basically on everybody. Um, this is a sort of unique free agent market where there's just, like, not a ton of position players available, um, especially, like, top-end, high-end guys. So teams are probably going to be looking at the trade market more so than usual um, if they can't find someone they like in free agency. So I think that the Blue Jays getting calls on some of their own players is to be expected. And I think it's just the nature of this market in terms of their futures here. Like, you know, I, you know, they both really like playing here. I think they're they're happy with the Blue Jays organization, Um, but they're both young players that uh, sort of appreciate and know how talented they are. And I think that, um, you know, I think that a lot of players talk about being franchise players and, playing for one single team their whole life. And I think that's something that a lot of players do think about and, you know, knowing, not knowing exactly what Bowen's lad are, are thinking, but, you know, I do know that they both like the franchise, like the team. And, and I think would, um, you know, enjoy being Blue Jays for their careers, but also they know what they're worth. And so they are going to want to make the most of their, out of their careers as well. And that includes getting paid the most possible. Right. So mm-hmm. uh, the two, they're two years away from free agency at this point. And the sort of the closer you get to the, that date, the more likely it seems that there's probably a high likelihood that they're going to go see what else is out there. And doesn't mean they wouldn't find ultimately here. It just means that like, why wouldn't you want to go see what's out there? So of course the Blue Jays were always kind of talking about and working on extensions um, that's always in the back of their mind or always something that they're plotting out. But uh, I would say like now it just feels so close to them getting to free agency that feels like it's tipped in the side that probably they'll want to look at what else is out there, but we'll see. So lastly, uh, Caitlin, uh, you got to have, uh, like in hockey, you got to have goaltending. In football, you got to have quarterbacking. In baseball, you need pitching. Will the, will the Jays be active in the pitching market here as the baseball winter meetings come upon us? Yeah, I mean, they're actually pretty well positioned in, in, tip, in terms of pitching and not needing that much. Um, they've had a really great pitching staff last season, one of the best rotations in the American League, one of the best bullpens in the American League. And most of those guys are coming back, um, you know, in terms of their rotation. The top four guys, Gosman, Bassett, Barrios, and Kikuchi, will all be back next year. And 
Blue Jays still have Alec Manoa. Obviously, he's going to be eager to rebound from the past season that he just had, which was a huge disappointment for you know him and for the team and everyone. Um, but he's still part of the team. He's still working, and you know, presumably, he has the leg up on, on earning a spot in the rotation. And the Blue Jays have pretty decent depth in terms of their other starters in their system. The bullpen, they've got a lot of good depth too. There's you know, there's guys in the organization, someone like Nate Pearson, who a couple of years ago were talking about being, you know, one of the best pitching prospects, you know, future of the Blue Jays. And we're now looking at a scenario where it's like, does he even crack the bullpen? Because the Blue Jays do have pretty good depth um, in that area. So I do think they'll be active in pitching in the sense of they're never going to stop exploring it. I don't think they'll make any sort of splash in the pitching market outside of like Shohei Otani, obviously him being a pitcher, he won't be pitching next year, but um the potential for him to pitch um, in the future remains true. But in terms of, like, just bullpen arms and other starters, I think the Blue Jays will look, and I think they're open to upgrades. Um, but I think those will probably be more flexible sort of complementary ads as opposed to making a big splash. Caitlin, I thank you for your time. I know you got a busy day. We appreciate it. We'll check in again down the line. Awesome. Thank you for having me, guys. Caitlin McGrath from The Athletic covering the Toronto Blue Jays. When we come back, we'll talk to my color commentator, his thoughts on Corey Mace being the 48th head coach in Rough Rider history. Luke Molitor joins us next. This is the Sports Cage on the Voice of Saskatchewan on this Thursday for the Canadian Brew House. Our house is your house. Welcome inside the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House at the corner of 12th and Rose. Michael Ball, Sean Kleisiger here, and we're pleased to be joined on the Western Pizza Hotline by our friend, Luke Molander, color commentator on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders Radio Network. Before I get into that, how bad are the Cowboys going to beat the Seahawks tonight? Well, I mean, we got a pretty big game coming up against Philly next week. I hope nobody's looking forward to that one. But, man, I mean, we've been playing lights out at home. So I, I would assume that uh, we come away with the victory. Um, but, again, you know, it's the Cowboys, right? So even even the most pragmatic fan like me is is always wary about, you know, the, the big games that follow up the next week. So hopefully we show up. I think we will. I think that even if we don't show up, we'll still end up playing well. It's just right now, I mean, for my gambling addicts out there, the spread is 9.5, so yeah. I'm trying to figure out whether that's worth taking a trip on. Hey, speaking of spreads, this one I don't get. The the um, the, the, the Niners are three-point favorites at the Eagles, at least last I saw. That doesn't make absolutely any sense to me. The Eagles, I know you don't like them, but they're the best team. They're the Kings right now. You can't make them, you can't make them underdogs at home. Wow. You know what? I, I get where you're coming from, but here's the problem I see with that. I think that when you look at the last few weeks for Casey uh, or, or for, for the Eagles, I mean, they've, they've been lucky. Casey should have won. I mean, last week they made a ton of mistakes and ended up getting away with it. That San Francisco defense, you, you can't make mistakes and you're not going to get free, free looks a, a, a against them. So I, I have a feeling that it's going to go considerably different. Uh, again, they're, um, the last couple of weeks, man, they've looked shaky. Uh, and, you know, when you put your, when your best play or your most efficient one in terms of, of, of getting a first down or getting a crucial score has been a quarterback draw, you're in trouble. Hey, and, hey, give me give, okay. This is the last NFL thing, okay? Who do you hate more, the cow, uh, the uh, Eagles or the Forty ers 
the Eagles or the 49ers? Yeah, who do you hate more? Like, if you had, if I sat you down on Sunday, popped you some popcorn, and we sat in my basement, I told you to pick a uh, pick a team you were cheering for in that game on Sunday afternoon or whatever. Who would you cheer? Def- well, I'm definitely cheering for, I'm definitely cheering for the, here's the problem with Eagles and 49ers fans, okay? The 49ers, I, I, I hate. I, if, if you ask me who I don't like more, it's the 49ers. And again, I'm I'm a I'm an old school Cowboys fan, so I, I I hate the 49ers from way back in the days. If I saw Merton Hanks homeless on on Victoria <laughs> Avenue and only needed a quarter, I would throw him a quarter and then not give it to him. I'd walk away from him, knowing like that's Merton Hanks, and I hate Merton Hanks. You know what I mean? Like that's a rivalry that I've gotten used to that I just haven't enjoyed. So so I think that I, I think I think that for me. Um, it's definitely, but here's the problem with the four, uh, Eagles fans, Bobby. They're just annoying. They've won one Super Bowl and they walk around. You know who they're like? Uh, well, they, th- this team's won more championships recently, but they're like Blue Bombers fans. You know, they're entitled. They think that they're just, they're, 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 their poop doesn't stink. Mm. And, and they're just, they're more annoying than anything. Okay, I got to get one more in here, I guess. What do you think of Packer fans? I think they're all like Zinger. They're dis- they're, they're delusional. I feel bad <laughs> for them half the time, you know. And and they're never going to get to the to the glory days of of where they thought that where they thought they were with Brett Favre. Okay, it's good. For, even though I like the way Jordan loves playing, but yeah, like you just you got to feel sorry for Packers fans. By the way, speaking of the NFL, we got the great Paul Allen coming up before the end of the show. The voice of the Minnesota Vikings is a great chat. So. Here we go. Uh, away we go with the Rough Riders. You had a great long conversation with this guy at Touchdown Atlantic. You never even introduced me. It was kind of like I was trying to get introduced, and you're like, you give me the elbow, like get out of here, quit crowd me. You talk with Corey Mace. I know you guys uh, love talking ball together. Uh, just your thoughts on the 48th head coach in Rough Rider history, Corey Mace, and oh what God, we're, and what we're in for. And what we're in for? Yeah, first of all, I I'm sorry if I made you feel like that. I I, yeah. I didn't even realize I did that. Yeah. My bad, man. I uh, like man. I I would have introduced you to a hard beat. It's funny you you get caught up with guys you used to compete against, and you know, yeah. and you just sort of get lost in your own world. Dude, you know? dude, hold on, hold on, hold on. I was just joking, but you guys, what I was oh. amazed, what I loved about it though, I didn't even think of intruding because you guys were so in, like you were like you were just talking like there. You were yeah. two former yeah. competitors. You guys were locked in talking. And football, and I love being on the outside yeah. of that. So, what is tell Ryder fans what he is like and why he is a great choice as head coach? Well, you know, here here's the thing. Uh, as far as head coach goes, I, I'm not sure. Um, as far <laughs> as a guy that a guy that um, that gets the most out of his players, a guy that schemed his tail, and that's what we were talking about in Touchdown Atlantic. I pulled him aside and I was like, "Hey, man." You've been doing a great job coaching these guys up. Uh, the, the guys clearly buy into a guy like Corey Mace. And I think that, um, yeah, I mean, who, who's like, he's never been a head coach before, right? But what you see, he, he's enjoyed some success as a defensive coordinator. He's won a great cup with Ryan Dinwiddie as a coach now. I, I think that it's, I think that between him and Buck Pierce, they were two great choices. Um, but again, for me, it's never been about the choice at the head coaching position alone. I've said it on this radio station. I've told everybody who's asked me. It, it, it matter, the, what matters is who he comes with, 
who he's manages to convince to come on um, and 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 be on his coaching staff, right? And you want to give him some autonomy to that, right? I know that there's been there's been rumors around um, or or things swirling around regarding how involved uh, you know the head coach, the GM, and uh, things like that should be in. In, in picking a staff, I, I think it's it's so critical to surround him with experience, and I hope he knows that. I mean, we've seen it go the other way. Uh, Devon Claybrooks is, a, is an example we we bring up very easily because that's how it worked out. You don't you can't bring a bunch of young guys in right now and surround Corey Mace with guys that 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 um that are early on in their tenure as well. Uh, I'd love to see some experience brought here with him. I think he's going to have success if that's the case. I think if he comes with some experience. If they surround him with the right people, I think he's going to be successful here in Saskatchewan, and at the end of the day, that's what we want. Hey, Luke, let me ask you, because in hockey, uh, the general manager usually has one of his hand-picked guys on the bench. He's kind of like, you know, one of his guys, maybe, I don't want to say a snitch, but kind of a guy that can be the eyes and ears for the GM in hockey. In football, do you have that? Like, does the GM get one guy, too? Like, generally, like, hey, uh, I want this guy on the staff, or have you thought about this guy? You know, it's funny you say that. I think that GMs and coaches all have their guys, right? And I think that, you know, and I'm not going to mention any names, but it was very apparent this year on the defensive side of the ball, there was a couple guys that were, that were guys of coaches. And I think it hurt the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I think, that, um, I think that when you get certain guys on film doing the wrong thing and, and guys are allowed to do that and, and they're not held to the same standards as everybody else, I think that the younger guys especially see that, and they're like, well, what's the point of buying in? And, and that's what I think sets up Coach Mace. I don't think Coach Mace is going to be a guy that has guys. I would hope that you didn't have a locker room lawyer inserted into the locker room for a situation like this. I've never been part of a team where, I've, where, I, where there's been a locker room lawyer like a GM's guy. I mean, again, coaches have guys, right? But at the end of the day, you have to hold your players accountable, and the film doesn't lie. And we're too critical. You know, the other thing about this whole Corey Mace thing is, is people got to understand the, the riders can't afford to just do this slowly. Over the last two years, they've missed the playoffs. This isn't one of those rebuilds. This isn't even a reset. This is a low, yo, let's get going. It's about time we turn this corner, right? So, so I don't think the, the benefit of, of a, a slow build is on the table right now. I think that uh, this team needs to win. And, again, that's why I think you need to surround Coach Mace with um, experience in coaching. I'll tell you, you know, we're always looking at the offensive coordinator spot, especially now that we know um, Corey Mace is a defensive guy himself. Like, why not bring a guy like Pete Costanzo over from Toronto? Say, hey, man, I love coaching with you. I think you can be a successful offensive coordinator. Give a like guy like that. Pete Costanza has been coaching in football since 1997. You know what I mean? And he's done it in various roles. Like, give a guy like that who's got some experience, who's seen a ton of things, who's had some success in other places like Calgary, obviously Winnipeg. Bring a guy like that with you. Surround yourself with guys like Coach Costanza. And, and I think that this, this team has a real shot at not only being competitive, but pushing themselves into a playoff, uh, into the playoffs. And that's where we need to be. Luke, thanks for your time, man. Enjoy the game tonight. See you at the Christmas party on Saturday. Oh, man. Hey, honestly, dude, I can't wait for that, man. Now that, and I appreciate you extending uh, Kate and I the invite. You know, we didn't know we were, we were going to make the cut, and I think it's because we're Dallas Cowboys fans. No, anymore. you're making the cut. I, I look past all your inefficiencies and stupidity to, to let oh, you guys that's come. Nice, that's nice to know. And, I appreciate and, that. And Don Hewitt's coming, too. He's a Minnesota Vikings fan, so i got to bring him along, too.
Oh, it's amazing. You know, the Minnesota Vikings, are the, all their fan base are just perplexed as to why a career backup is all of a sudden playing like a career backup again. <laughs> like, I can't understand their, their logic. But anyways. Anyway, take care, man. Thanks, bud. All right, man. All right. Let's get to the text brought to you by the Capital Auto Group. This is from Brandon. Hey, Ballsy, anyone with half a brain, you don't have to explain anything. You guys do a great job. Haters going to hate. I hate the Blue Bombers. That's from Brandon. I was talking about how... I had predicted that this was going to be Corey Mace a week ago, and then how I said I heard rumors that he was out and Buck Pierce was in. And people say, he needs new sources. Good prediction, but he needs new sources. Doesn't mean my sources were wrong. There's lots of factors that change. Maybe Buck Pierce was the lead dog, and he didn't want to come. He said he stayed in Winnipeg for his own personal reasons and because it's more than just money. I believe the Bombers found him some more money. But I was told, and I believe he's the head coach in waiting, and he likes it there, and he's accustomed to winning. Why would you leave a great situation there? So there you go. Corey Mace is in, and that's not a bad choice. Now it's about winning, selling tickets. That's all we care about. So there you go. Uh, We talked about Regina being uh, the fourth most livable city in the country. Uh, Best part of Regina, the Albert Street North exit lane to Saskatoon. Reggie from Saskatoon. Very funny, Reggie. Yeah, the Saskatonians are mad because they were picked 12th. 12th. That is 12th. That's eight behind us. 12th is eight. That's eight back of Regina. (laughs) They just hate that. Still love you guys. They just just hate that. I know. And uh, this from Eli. O'Day's been building for five years now. Uh, so they should easily be able to plug a few players in, and like the Owls, I would expect this is a must-win season for the well, Riders. There's no plug-in players, nope. and everybody's a free agent. Yeah, there's a lot of players to uh, out there, so yeah. I understand his point, though. Absolutely. We're going to take a break. On the other side of the 5 o'clock news, I'll be flying solo, because Zinger's off to the Rams Awards night to uh, to give away the MVP award. We're going to hear from um, Paul Allen, voice of the Minnesota Vikings, Mark Recchi, Hockey Hall of Famer, and... Kyle McIntyre, SJHL Commissioner. So football and hockey to wrap up on the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. Sports Talk lives here. Welcome to another hour of the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. And away we go. I'm flying solo because our friend Sean Kleisinger is out the door. Given the award, the most valuable player for the University of Regina Rams in 20. 20- 23. I know the choice, and it's a pretty good one, but I can't say. He's going to the supper, and he's going to go put on his suit, go out with his lovely wife, Lydia. Got, uh, I'm assuming, his mom and dad watching the kid tonight. That kid being Casper, so have fun, you guys. And, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's enjoy, uh, you know, wasn't a great season on the field record-wise for the Rams, but there's always something to celebrate. And, hey, we're celebrating around here. Sean Kleisinger's first year's voice of the University of Regina Rams uh, went over really well. And, you know what? I'm not shocked because, quite frankly, I was the guy that said, hey, he should be the guy. So very happy that uh, uh, he at least proved me right there. Huh? People always say, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't predict things. I... I've got an eye for talent, though. I do. I really do. At least I, I believe so. Sports Cage shareholders, this is what you need to know. The 48th coach in Saskatchewan Rough Riders history has officially been named by the team, Corey Mace. 37-year-old Toronto Argonauts defensive coordinator will now run the ship here in Saskatchewan. 
Don't know who his staff is going to include. I'm assuming Mark Mueller will be on that staff, but who knows? You heard Luke Molliner say Pete Costanza, who uh, is with the Argos in their offensive coaching room. He's been a long-time CFLer. I still think it's going to be Mark Mueller. I hope it is. Two Canadian guys. Yeah, I, I lean towards Canadians, but Mark Mueller has paid his dues. He's got uh, 10 years of coaching experience in the Canadian Football League, coached at the U-Sports level, played at the U-Sports level. Uh, when we're talking about coaching, this is a dude that coached running backs, DBs, quarterbacks. Young around the likes of Dave Dickinson, Bo Levi Mitchell, and John Huffnagel. I think he knows football. Yes, his play-calling duties were taken from him, allegedly four games in. That perceptions, everything, and facts are negotiable. So um, there's a lot going into that. Same thing as when you say, oh, the Riders' O-line's no good. Well, hey, they had their problems, but uh, that wasn't all on them a couple years ago with Cody, and last year they were better. Like I said, perceptions, everything, and facts are negotiable. But one thing that is undeniable, anybody you talk to, Corey Mace is a leader of men, and I cannot wait for the Canadian to come here tomorrow. He'll meet with the media at 10, hopefully be on this show, and then... He will meet with, I believe, season ticket holders on December the 2nd. So he, uh, Craig Reynolds promised he'd be front and center with the fans, and looks like they're living up to their word. That's a big part of the job, representing uh, the football team. And, you know, before the season gets going, I'd love to see him in some of these uh, highways. and You know, like, like Dolman is doing in B.C., making it the B.C. lines. The riders, not saying they haven't, but it'd be nice to get your coach out to the Strasburgs and the Lumsdens and um, Bethunes or Battlefords, pick a town. So, uh, yeah, exciting, exciting news in Rough Rider Nation. And hey, we hear he's such a great coach. Maybe he'll bring some of those free agents. Adarius Pickett, Winton McManus, Sean, uh, Shane Oakman, Sean Oakman, sorry, just to name a couple. Who knows? Uh, there was uh, Dwayne Hendricks, another D lineman. Jack Cassar, Canadian special teamer, linebacker. NHL tonight, Canadians entertaining the Panthers. Other Canadian teams in action in the NHL. Leafs, home to the Kraken. Oilers at the Jets in an all-Canadian matchup. Stars at the Flames, and this is a good one. Golden Knights at the Vancouver Canucks. Corey Perry's come out with a statement with that whole situation in Chicago. He has made it clear that uh, well, he's apologizing to... His teammates and his teammates' family, I think we're in, we know where he's going with that, for being unfairly dragged into this uh, rumor mill and this mess, i.e. Bedard family. He is seeking uh, treatment for alcohol and mental uh, issues. So, uh, hey, we do wish him well. He apologized to all of the Blackhawk fans, to the organization, and so hopefully he gets the help that he desperately needs. There's Thursday night football tonight. The Seattle Seahawks wearing their throwback blue innings from 1976 when they broke into the league. Those are minty as clean as Zinger would say. Playing the Dallas Cowboys on Thursday night football. And that, my friends, is what you need to know. Coming up, we're going to hear from Kyle McIntyre, the commissioner of the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. And before the end of the show, Hockey Hall of Famer Mark Recchi and Paul Allen.
voice of the Minnesota Vikings. The text line 936-6262 brought to you by the Capital Auto Group and the show is sponsored by our good friends at the Canadian Brew House. Here on the Sports Cage on the Voice of Saskatchewan 620 CKRM. We're talking sports on your way home. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. grassroots level. We have Benny Walchuk on our show, voice of I think two SJHL teams, the Yorkton Terriers and the Melville Millionaires. Talk about a conflict, man. Wow. Talk about a guy who's under pressure. I'm under pressure in my job. That guy, what a... I hope this next guest has police protection for this guy depending what rink he's in. Kyle McIntyre, the SJHL commissioner. Are you protecting my buddy Benny Walchuk? I hope you are. Uh, Benny Walchuk, that new mustache that he has been sporting Ooh. for November will be protection enough for him, Ballsy. Isn't that a beauty? You got a you got a stash going, Kyle? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, you know what? I would grow a beard out, but it would be pretty white, and people would confuse me for Santa Claus. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, given everything, what do you think of the... Um the Riders coaching hire. I know you're a Rider fan. You got the Rider uh, Grey Cup cart. What do you think of the Riders' uh, potential hire here? It hasn't been officially announced, but we think it's Corey Mace. Yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. I, I think he comes with a pretty good reputation. And the thing I like about him, Balsy, he's not another one of these guys that's being recycled. You know, when you hear some of the names that were being thrown about, you, you think about the CFL and this coaching cap, which is ridiculous. And you think, you know what? Like, let's. Quit having the same old, same old. Let's bring in some new ideas and and some new blood into the CFL. And so if Corey Mace is the guy, I'm excited for him. All right. So let's get to the SJHL halfway point. Anything surprising you right now, Kamish? Well, absolutely surprises me that we're almost halfway through. <laughs> no the, kidding. Uh, the weekend. No kidding. Yeah. And you know what? We're, we're beginning of uh, early December. Uh, I think probably the Melville Millionaires have probably been the biggest surprise for me. Uh, Doug Johnson and Jordy Woodrick have had uh, quite a turnaround there. I think that that has been a big surprise for me. And then uh, the flip side of that is LaRange with uh, some of the scoring power they have and, and some of the guys in the back end. I'm a little bit surprised that their record is what it is. But, you know, as we always see in the SJHL, we got two or three teams that are running away with it. And then from uh, probably about 5 to 12, it's a dogfight right to the end. Dude, the uh, Flin Flon Bombers, what they're doing up there, we've talked about this before. It's not. Ex- it's closer to Miami, Manitoba than it is Miami, Florida, if you know what I mean. It's not a real <laughs> It's not a real attractive destination, maybe. And I'm not cutting Flin Flon down. I've been there. But you know what I mean. And to do what, they're, what Mike Reagan and the gang's doing up there is, is, is outstanding. Well, it is uh, probably one of the best junior hockey environments probably in Canada. Uh, mm-hmm. The Whitney Forum, when it is full, it is absolutely incredible. And Mike Reagan, undoubtedly, is one of the best coaches in the Canadian Junior Hockey League. And and why he's still there and how he's not with some Division One school or a Western Hockey League team, I do not know. Like he is, a, he's a great coach. He runs a great program, and and right now they're a wagon for sure. So. Uh, I like how you're hip too with the wagons. I like that. Where? Okay, wait a minute here. Can you help me out with that? Because I'm just an old fuddy duddy here. What? Is, what is? What does it mean when you say they're a wagon? Like, why not a truck? Why not a? Well, you know what I mean? No, well, you got to keep the wagons moving roughly west, right? So they're they're a team to be reckoned with. I love it, man. Wagon. I love it. Okay, a lot of weapons. Yeah. Talk about the recent SJHL showcase for me, Kyle McIntyre. 
Yeah, so we have that in Warman from November 13th to 16th. And the idea about that, Ballsy, is that we bring all the teams to a central location that's easily accessed uh, by scouts. It's it's close to the Saskatoon Airport. And, and certainly, uh, you know, at uh, regular season, it's a little bit later this year than we've had in the past. So rosters are set and, and teams are set and the competitive balance is right there. And, and we had a pretty good turnout. We probably had... Uh, between the NHL uh, scouts and the NCAA Division One and Three and ECAC, probably about uh, 75 scouts, which is great. So we have a number of prospects that are trying to showcase their talents, uh, not only for these scouts for future opportunities, but for lots of fans from the Warman area and, of course, all their parents because, again, it's close to a, a big airport. They don't have to travel all through the province. So we had really good attendance over our three days. Hey, uh, Kyle McIntyre, how riveting are these CJHL commissioners meetings? Well, you know what, uh, Balsy, whenever you get together and you have a meeting or you have a strategic retreat, you you don't go with super high expectations. Mm -hmm. But this, in my two years, was our most productive meeting we've ever had as a group of nine commissioners. So uh, CJHL, just for uh, listeners, it goes from coast to coast. There's 122 teams in the CJHL nine different leagues, nine commissioners. And really it was kind of one of the first times that we've all been aligned uh, with what our future directions are and and some of the strategic partnerships we want to build. Everyone's on the same page and everyone's working for the betterment of kids. And and we really think that we do a great job developing the whole player both on and off the ice. And that's something we want to continue to do as a united group of commissioners. I love when you took over specifically, you said we want to highlight Saskatchewan kids in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League and really, uh, you know, make sure we attract the most, uh, as many Saskatchewan kids as we can. I love your, your, your players of the week and you have a Saskatchewan player of the week. I like that touch. Yeah, you know, that's really important because, again, uh, I I think that uh, the best-kept secret is everything that the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League does for its players and does for kids. And and you don't have to go to Alberta or BC or Manitoba to be noticed in Saskatchewan. You just got to be a good teammate and work hard and do your job and and maybe put some points up or block some shots or play a 200-foot game. And there's lots of opportunities here for Saskatchewan kids. You don't have to go abroad. You don't have to go to the States. All you got to do is, is play your good game and work hard and be coachable and be a good teammate, and people are going to find you in Saskatchewan. So tell us so about... We really want to celebrate those kids. Yeah, for sure, man. I love it. Tell us about the upcoming SJHL Friday night game of the month beginning December the 15th. Yeah, so this is something uh, the SJHL and SaskTel... Can I say SaskTel on your network? Sure you can. Yeah, yeah, sure you can. You just gave them a plug. I don't care. <laughs> We've been in a partnership for yeah. about five years, and uh, they've always uh, done a great job on Sastel Max and on demand of, of uh, showcasing our, our league final. And so this year, rather than having them at the showcase, we thought we'd bring back the old uh, Friday night game of the month uh, for the SJHL. And our first game is going to be uh, December 15th. Uh, Kindersley is going to be hosting North Battleford. And that's going to be live on demand and with Sastel Max. And we're quite excited about it because the people that come to our games regularly know it's a great game and they follow their team. But there's lots of people in Saskatchewan that might not live near an SJHL community or, or might not have seen the SJHL game. And, and uh, although I'm the commissioner, so I'll recognize that I'm biased, but I think people, if they tune in, they're going to see a real quality game and they're going to see some real, real fine Saskatchewan talent. Like uh, Kimberly, one of the teams, is probably the only team in SJHL history 
with three sets of Saskatchewan brothers on the roster. So that's kind of unique, too. Tell you what, man, this is why I like this guy. You know, commissioners, they speak commissioner speak, and they don't really seem invested in their product. Like, if you asked them about the uh, the the left tackle on a team, they wouldn't know, or the the shorts, the, the backup shortstop of a baseball team. This guy would, and he knows things like that. That's why I love him. Kyle McIntyre, Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. Thanks for your time, man. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for your interest, Ballsy. And uh, if I don't talk to you before Christmas, you have a great Christmas. You too. Ah, well, we got a few weeks. Yeah, we'll probably talk again. But yeah, I thank thank you. I appreciate that. I, I'll always take Christmas greetings one or two times over. Take care, my friend. Have a good weekend. Okay. You too, pal. All right. That's uh, Kyle McIntyre, Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League Commissioner. When we come back on the other side of the uh, five thirty news and Pat chat, we are going to hear from Paul Allen. The very colorful, very popular voice of the Minnesota Vikings. And we'll also wrap up the show in fine style with a Hockey Hall of Famer, three-time Stanley Cup champ. And this guy coaches Regina's own Cole Sillinger now with the Columbus Blue Jackets. We're talking about Mark Recchi. This is where all the people come to listen to the big stars and the local sports stories. It's the Sports Cage. And today it's brought to you by the Canadian Brew House on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. Time now for your sports ticker, and it is brought to you by Busy B. And so when we're talking sports today, we'll tell you the Saskatchewan Rough Riders have hired their 48th head coach. It's Corey Mace. He'll be in town tomorrow to meet with the media. He has a fan engagement uh, meeting on Saturday. So we welcome Corey Mace to town. We hope to do it formally here on the Sports Cage tomorrow. Your voice of Saskatchewan Rough Riders football. In the... um, NHL tonight, a busy slate, of course. These games involving Canadian teams and a couple of juicy ones. Calgary is home to the Dallas Stars. More on them in a minute. Uh, the late game that really interests people, the upstart Canucks against the Golden Knights, who lost both games in Alberta. The Oilers on a three-game heater, taking on the Jets in Winnipeg. The uh, Kraken at the Toronto Maple Leafs. And the uh, Montreal Canadiens coming off a 4-2 win in Columbus. Um have a uh, date with the Florida Panthers who are coming off a 2-1 shootout loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs. There was a trade in the NHL involving the Calgary Flames and the Vancouver Canucks. Flames have acquired a fifth-round pick in the 2024 NHL draft and a third-round pick in 2026 from the Canucks in exchange for Nikita Zadorov. So the uh, hard-nosed defenseman going over to the Vancouver Canucks. And that is your sports ticker for Busy B. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at SportsCage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Goes back to pass. He pumps. Now he fires over the middle. Intercepted. I can't believe what I'm seeing right now. It was intercepted by Tracy Porter. Near side to the 40. And John Sullivan runs him down at the 47-yard line. You've got to be kidding me. I can't believe what I just saw. Why do you even ponder passing? I mean, you can take a knee and try a 56-yard field goal. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. Thursday show brought to you by the Canadian Brew House, and we're joined on the Western Pizza Hotline by the outstanding voice of the Minnesota Vikings, Paul Allen. You just heard his call from the NFC Championship game, Brett Favre's interception. That's one of your classics, man. Um, 
when Favre throws that pick and you say what you say, how does that how does that play out? Do you get any bounce back from the team or Brett himself because it was a really honest call? Mm, thank you. Um, very nice of you and good chatting with you. Uh, the now you know in, in, in my second year because uh, the, this is this is my first play by play job at any level. So in my second year, oh three, I mean unbelievably raw. At the end of the season, we lose to Arizona. Um, I yell, no, no, the Cardinals have knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs. Uh, I, you know, the, the owner of the team, God rest his soul, Red McCombs, hated that, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. And I had to sweat my job for a couple of years, believe it or not. Um, but then in 09, it's, it was such a magical season and still the most memorable season I've ever been part of in, in calling games for the Vikings. That, you know, I think in a weird way, God had me just voice what everybody was thinking at that moment. I just happened to have the microphone. So, um, yeah, I got out of the good man, and here we are. So, uh, Paul Allen, I listen to your show, actually, uh, quite a bit, especially when I'm going uh, to North Dakota to watch my kid play football. So, uh, I really enjoy Wait. I really enjoy your show. But you're, you're like me. You do a talk show, and you're the play-by-play voice of the local professional football team. What challenges mm. does that pose for you? Because that's why I kind of listen to you to see how you cover the team, because I do the same thing here in Regina. Wow. Yeah, now never gotten that question. I've done a lot of interviews. Well done. Uh, so let me ask you this question: um, How many years have you done that in unison? Uh, well, this is my second year being the play-by-play voice and the talk show host. I've been the uh, pre and post game show host uh, before that for nineteen years. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, but but it's still it's different, and then mm-hmm. obviously overly magnified with um, you know the image leader of the NFL for me. Mm-hmm. So with with that said, uh, the the only way to answer your question is to to recognize the context of of you know me having a radio show on a super popular station in a habit state KFAN. Me having a radio show in 02, I do believe played into me getting the play-by-play job, you know, despite never professionally doing play-by-play in my life. I had a tape, but I'd never done a job. So the radio part's important. Now, fast forward to 2023, I've done it that long, and, and you know, I, I've, I've towed that line or, or, you know, walked that situation for quite some time and, and you're very new in it. So I remember those days where the answer then is the same answer now. The answer two years into it is the same 22, 23 into it. You gotta be yourself. If it's bad, it's bad. Nobody's trying to get anybody. We're gonna say so-and-so should be fired. So-and-so should be cut. So-and-so should be ashamed of himself. No. Whether you're the play-by-play guy or just a a common-sense human being, it's just not great to talk about people like that. So we're never going to do that. If it's good, we're going to love it. And if it's bad, it's bad. And and that's how it goes with both both mediums. Mm. Hey, I really respect this about you, too. You're a man of faith. Have you always been that way? And how does that help you in your job? 
Um, yeah, I've always believed in God, uh, really, until five years ago. I didn't uh, understand the significance of Christ and um, and meshing the Holy Spirit with my life now. So I am a Christian. Um, I believe in the Holy Bible, um, and um, it's it's the, mo- the most important thing in my life, and, and that includes everything in my life. So I appreciate you bringing it up. How does it help me? Um, I mean, it, it, it was my, my job, my life. It just, it just, I have faith. You know, I, I have faith in a way to live and, and a way to share that, um, that plays into eternity for, for a lot of people. And that's kind of the motivation to answer that question for play by play or, just like walking through a grocery store that that's just the motivation dude you are so epic with some of your calls and some of your actions in the broadcast booth a lot of people have compared me to you in terms of that in terms of like our the way we get we get excited and everything like that and i take that as a high compliment and i don't mean to make this about me but here's what i wanted to ask you do you think about what you might say beforehand like are you in your car are you in the shower you've done your prep you've gone through the notes do you think about do you do you kind of mock through some of the scenarios in the game in your head um yeah i do uh what i do is i generally don't write it down but if i'm feeling a little slow uh for whatever the case and that generally would take place with me with night games Mm -hmm. uh where i just i just cannot get that pop going um you know specifically if it's like monday night and i did my nine to noon radio show on Mm k-fan you know i mean we're talking complete champagne problems here okay i know people (laughs) have tougher jobs than what i'm talking about but Mentally speaking, when you got tens of thousands counting on you, you know, you got to find a certain pop. And um, so, you know, from the standpoint of, uh, of like every single game or emotion or human nature situation being the same, that's not the case. So sometimes I will write some things down, but I only write down things that I'm going to say early in the game. Like, you know, for whatever the reason, 22 years ago, I decided to go uh, and um, uh, Greg Joseph walks up to it, blah, 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 and boom, whatever is in the air on the KFAN Minnesota Vikings or radio network. Uh, Well, sometimes those just don't come to me or I forget to think about them. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I'll write down, boom, beating the Bears into the bye is the bill of fare on the KFAN Minnesota Vikings radio network uh, to touch back. Um, so I'll write those things down. Uh, but that's about it. Like, you know, when it comes to it, it's a 60-yard Minneapolis miracle or yeah. me maniacally screaming, no, no, or what you said, 2009, you know, this, this I, didn't, I didn't even say the sentence right. I mean, the sentence is supposed to be, uh, this is not a game against Detroit, man. This is for a trip to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But I was just so wound up. I was like, this is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. Uh, so oh. you, you can't write those things down. Oh, no, you can't. That's an all-timer, though. Paul you know Allen. I mean? Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Paul Allen joining us here, outstanding voice of the Minnesota Vikings. Okay, so uh, Josh Dobbs, until his last game, has been a real nice story. Uh, talk about him uh, for me, if you can. Yeah, that's uh, that's been a whirlwind. Um, uh, it's it's I've called a lot of them and uh, seen a lot through it. Uh, but uh, somebody getting here four days ahead of a game, and you know running the scout team, uh, the backups, so he's not really getting all the choice plays, and then having to play uh, at Atlanta and winning the game. 
I mean, it was moving. And then the next week at home against the Saints, same thing, looked great. At Denver, I didn't think it looked terrible. I thought it was fine. And it was awful against the Bears. That's mm-hmm. the only way to put it. Just it, it was indecisive. I mean, it just it just didn't work, man, with four interceptions. So now, you know, they get the bye. And think about this. I mean, it's a week 13 bye. So with regular and preseason games, that's 15 games. Mm-hmm. And before that, they got training camp. And before that, they got organized team activities. So, I mean, that's a lot of time around each other. So I think um, I think the whole situation was a little mentally fatigued into that uh, Bears game. Uh, they needed the bye, which they're on now. And uh, with Dobbs, you know, the, the head coach, uh, you know, himself in a press conference, you know, just kind of opened it up when he was like, you know, we're going to evaluate what Josh did. And I don't know if he said keep options open or whatever, but he kind of opened it up that – when we come out of it against Vegas, you know, maybe there'll be a different quarterback. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Hey, you're on your bye. I don't want to tie you up too much longer, but give me the top three Vikings since you've been in the broadcast booth. Uh, top three in what terms? Like uh, immortality? Uh, I don't know. You're, you're top three. Your top three favorite uh, Vikings. The ones that would hit me hardest in my heart, um, not knowing uh, or not having context into your question, given I started in 2002, uh, Randy Moss would be in there for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adrian Peterson would be in there for sure, mm-hmm. as would Brett Favre. Yeah, those are three great men. Think about those great players, man. Um, those three. Yeah, and I got to ask you because you do do the daily talk show. I hear you talking Minnesota Wild. And so would Antoine Winfield. Oh, Winfield. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one, He's man. The best corner in the history of the team. Yeah, they got some great players for sure. Hey, uh, Paul, you talk hockey too in your show. Uh, quickly before we wrap up, we're in a hockey uh, community here in Canada. Uh, what did you think of the Minnesota Wild coaching change? How about that? Wow. You know, I guess, see, see, here's the thing, man. And then this is quasi embarrassing to say doing a weekday, three hour, uh, all sports radio show. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, during the course of the Viking season and I like the NBA a lot, I yeah. grew up in Washington DC with the bullets and mm-hmm. moved to Los Angeles and went to high school and played basketball right when magic and bird were like becoming a thing. So, I mean, I got bit by basketball. So following the wolves here and, you know, then they got the NFL and stuff like that. So I'd act, I actually been a little too out of touch with the wild, not doing the uh, box in the box radio show mm-hmm. except once. Um, so it probably caught me a little more off guard than it should have simply because I know when you start getting beat by multiple goals and, and, and you start hearing press conferences and, and the coach is starting to become more direct, uh, in identifying players and scenarios that it's kind of imploding. And, and when it starts to implode, it's the general manager's job to make sure it doesn't. So he doesn't get fired for letting it implode, and then the owner has two people to hire. So, that, uh, yeah, it's um, it's not super surprising to me now that I look back at it, and uh, hopefully they can get themselves good by, by the time the Viking season's over so we can have some good talkers. Well, Paul, this won't mean much to you, but I had a, I had a bad day at work in the office, and I needed this interview, so I really appreciate uh, you uh, talking to me. It, uh, it, it made my day. Thank you very much. Well, yeah, I'm going to cut you off there and say, actually, with all due respect, it does mean a lot to me that, that you said that because anybody who's having a bad day and uh, verbally is vulnerable enough to, not, uh, enough to say they do, uh, then you're, you're a wonderful person in my book. So God bless you, and uh, I'm always here if you need it. Thanks, man. Take care. You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM.
Michael Hansis to Recky. Recky in, waits the wrist shot. He scores! Mayak Recky, the triple overtime magic. And the Fires have evened this series at two games apiece. That is getting it done. Mark Recky. Thursday's show is brought to you by our friends at uh, Canadian Brew House. They've got uh, lots of great specials on tap, uh, chicken wings, and the whole nine yards. Go check them out. All right, we're joined by Hockey Hall of Famer, three-time Stanley Cup champ, and member of the Columbus Blue Jackets as an assistant coach, Mark Recchi. How are you today, Mark? I'm doing great, thanks. How about you? Good, man. Thanks for having uh, or taking time out of your schedule to uh, come on with me. Can you talk about, uh, let's start immediately here, let's talk about that 4-2 loss to the Montreal Canadiens yesterday. Yeah, it was it was a tough one. I mean, it, it could have gone either way. We it wasn't our best game. Uh, we'd actually been playing pretty well leading up to that, and uh, we were a little inconsistent. And you know, they found a way to win, and we found a way to lose. And it was just uh, one of those nights where we just uh, you know didn't uh, do the things we needed necessary to win a hockey game. And you know, it's a work in progress, and and we're pushing hard on it. Mark, you've uh, you know you've had quite a, an accomplished hockey career, and you're building one now as a coach. You've been there at the highest of highs, and probably been through a few slumps on your own too. I look at two guys on your roster: Johnny uh, Hockey, Johnny Goudreau, and Patrick Laine. How as a player can you get back on track to the game you're familiar playing, and how can you help them as a coach? Well, it's just as a coach, you just got to try and help them work it through it, and know that there's. If they stick with the program and they stick with doing the things that have made them successful and, and you know, work habits and all the little detail things that you've been doing for, you know, a long time, if you do that, you're going to have, you're, you're going to find your game again. And that's, you know, that's the message to them. And, and then obviously they got to do the work uh, on and off the ice and, and, you know, it's up to them to, to figure out, uh, you know, you get the proper rest, the proper training, just a combination of everything. And, you know, they're pros. They'll figure it out. And, and uh, you know, they've had some good moments and some moments where, you know, they know they got to be better. And, you know, but that's that's part of it. It's a long grind. It's an 82-game schedule. And, you know, they just got to figure out how to get that consistency and, and uh, you know, helping the team on a, a nightly basis. Hey, I don't think you're old, so don't take this the wrong way. But do you feel old when you're coaching Cole Sillinger, who is Mike Sillinger's kid, and you would have played against Mike? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I do. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, it's uh, you know it's pretty crazy. I mean, Cole, Cole's a great young man. Uh, you know, he, it's unfortunate he got hurt the uh, last night. Actually, mm-hmm. so uh, we're going to miss him. He's actually been he's really taken a huge step. He's been playing really well for us the last little stretch here, and um, had some good chemistry with Flonkoff and. Uh, um, uh, Chinnikov. Uh, so you know they had some good chemistry, and it's you know it's too bad. Yeah, well, I was going to say, what did you you know? You say you said he was taking a, a big step before this injury, unfortunately, last night. What was he doing right in his game? Because he had a kind of a tough stretch last year, where you know he was his first year great, last year dropped off, and this year, like you said, he's starting to take a big stride again. What did you see in his game? Well, it's just the overall consistency, like the two, you know, 200 foot game was, it was terrific. I mean, uh, you know, I know last year he had the concussion, I believe, early. Mm-hmm. And he just never really rebounded from him. So, you know, he came to camp in good, uh, good form. And, you know, I think the biggest thing, you know, we talked to him about was his, him just being like a real good 200 foot player. And then the offense will eventually come, uh, in his game. And I think it's important he focused on just, you know, all the, the details of being a terrific 200-foot centerman. 
and everything else will just kind of fall into place. And it was really coming together uh, for him. Um, you know, any, any young guy, they go through ups and downs, but he was really, really, really playing well. And, and uh, he, he's a big part of uh, our penalty kill here. And uh, he's done a terrific job with it. And he's just been, you know, just a young player that's just continued to grow and grow. And uh, he is a pro. He, he, you know, you can tell he, you know, he, he, you know, obviously his dad, you know, he grew up around the game. He's a true pro. He knows how to prepare. And, and uh, you know, he comes to training camp ready to go. Mark, what do you appreciate now more about uh, the, the, the world of coaching that you didn't maybe as a player? Well, it's you know, I mean, I think I always knew they worked longer hours, but mm-hmm. I didn't know how much longer hours mm-hmm. they worked. Um, it's you know, it's long days, it's early mornings. Uh, you know, we finished a game last night, and we we're back at you know, we're back in the in the building at seven in the morning, uh, getting ready for the game. We get home at you know eleven, eleven thirty, twelve o'clock. You know, try and get some sleep, and you're back at it seven in the morning, trying to prepare for the next day. And, you know, get video ready for the players if if we if needed. Get you know pregame prep ready for the next game, and you know going over what we need to. So it's a, just a lot of details that you really got to. You know, you really didn't as a player. You just don't really know that. You know the details of what coaches go through every day. This is the great Mark Recchi, assistant coach for the Columbus Blue Jackets, Hockey Hall of Famer and Stanley Cup champ three times over. Thanks for taking time out of your schedule. Got a couple more questions for you. What are you most proud of as a player when you played? Is there one thing or one accomplishment? Um, no, I just just I was just proud of that I actually played in the NHL. I mean, I you know you never know growing up, and you know I thought I could I could play, but to to play as long as I did and. And to have the opportunities that I did was uh, was pretty incredible. But you know, just Mike, I just you know a lot of the friendships, uh, mm-hmm. you know the, the the memories and everything. Those are the things you never forget. So mm-hmm. hey, do you you know they're special. And, you yeah. Know, when you when you have great teammates and you know you're still friends with them and you know throughout uh, all, you know all, all my number of teams, I had a lot of them. So it's. Uh, pretty special so let me ask you this question mark recky do you, you talk about memories do you have a favorite goal a favorite goal of yours um god i have a lot but probably um probably one of my favorite ones was the first stanley cup we won it was actually in the semifinals against the bruins um i scored the game winning goal to to get us to the stanley cup uh Finals, um, you know, I was young and my second year in the league, and you know, you're, you know, you score a big goal like that to get the team to the Stanley Cup final. That was a pretty special one at that time. How about this one? You're the oldest guy to score a Stanley Cup finals goal at 43. Longevity and still having a, the the ability to put the puck in the net at the age of 43 when you're with the Boston Bruins. You know, what was that like? Well, yeah, it was pretty neat. I mean, obviously, and uh, you know, to be even playing at that age, it was it was pretty special. And and, uh, and then to be in the Stanley Cup Finals and and get an opportunity to help the team, you know, be successful was uh, you know just very special. I mean, it was uh, you know it was just one of those things where I was in the right spot at the right time, and you know, mm. just barely got a little stick on it. So okay, so I'm, I'm I guess I'm asking you, Mark, to be a coach here. Okay, give. Give young Mark Recchi some advice from this wiser Mark Recchi. <laughs> um, well, the one thing the one thing I talk to about these young guys now is that you know, like when you know, it's a long year and, and you're not going to feel great all the time, and you know, just 
the nights you don't feel good, the night you don't learn how to still be effective and learn how to be help the team be successful. And, and it's not about an individual at that time. It's about how to help the team. And that's that's one thing I would really, you know, tell a young guy. I mean, I, I learned it as I got older. But, uh, you know, I, I share that with the young guys a lot right now. It's like, you know, uh, if you don't have it, you got to find a way to help the team. And, that you know, that could be being physical. It could be being great defensively if you're not if you're an offensive guy blocking shots it could be all those things so those are the things i would uh tell a young guy so i, I think I tell them i think this is last question i think like you think about all the players that ever played and never got a chance to hoist the stanley cup trophy you did it three times so there's very few people that get to to do that even fewer that go into the hockey hall of fame what's it like to, to write a speech like how long does that t- take you uh what are you thinking about and then what are your nerves like when you're doing it oh, it, it took me a long time i mean i've had, I had so many different speeches and so many different things and it's so hard because you have so many people to thank and you only have so much time and it's like yeah uh, you know it was it was a long long process from the time lanny mcdonald <laughs> called me uh you know, to the time i actually had to speak it and then I still didn't feel prepared when I got up there and uh, and, you know it's just it was nerve wracking and you know I'm not a big guy to speak in front of uh, people in general as it is so to get up there was uh, you know it was uh, there was a lot of nerves that's for sure Mark I want to thank you for taking time out of your schedule Uh, you know you had a long day yesterday and today but we do appreciate it that's what makes uh, you know hockey players great and even uh, guys the coaches like this in this great game you take time out for the fans so thank you very much Mark Recchi Mike I appreciate it no problem anytime today's sports page has come to a close miss a segment download or stream the podcast now at sportscage.ca get your sports straight from the source 620 ckrm